Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, Choppers. Welcome back to the Nathan Ivy Show. The Nathan Ivy Show is sponsored by UC Health. UC Health, Cincinnati's only academic health system. It, it was the voice of a courageous explorer, a man dedicated to the pursuit of man's knowledge and the expansion of his horizons. Good morning. Here is Nathan Ivy. Mr. Ivy know the show must go on. As far as Cincinnati, man, I put on. Tools made another flame beat for me to cook on. Raised arms, close fish, yeah, too strong. Team NI, chop it up at the chop shop. Top notch with the king flow, the hot shot. Cops watching, listen to the real. Jumping like hopscotch, nobody harder than, oh, no, think not. Not only citywide. But nationwide, uh, superlatives, keep it locked like the Haitian guys. Uh, Put the truth in the airwaves, we talk about it. Uh, Brand new like the tip place, let's be about it. Uh, Who got the info by the A.M.? Tryna be the rapper, got them jamming when they play him. Play him. Staying in my lane, they ain't got an okay him. him. Who the host with the scoop, yeah, they gon' say him. Ivy, so superlative like a bag of drippos. Show you where the bricks at, Cincinnati Red Tag. One time with my people at. Broadcasting live from Cincinnati, Ohio, here's the king of superlative flows, Nathan Ivey. Yes, he is. Good morning. Welcome back. You are listening to the Nathan Ivey Show. We're broadcasting live via the Spreaker Network. Today is, well, what day is it? I believe it's a Wednesday, <laughs> November 30th, 2016. I actually forgot that for a second. Good morning and welcome back. I've been up early, man, early. Preparing for today's flows this morning. Ah, let me bask a little bit. It's good to be your hands or wherever your speaker is, I can feel you out there. Good morning, choppers. Let's chop it up. Let's chop it up. I want to talk about everything. I've already sort of uh, put a few of the topics inside the chop shop this morning for those of you who are inside of the chat room. Uh, for those of you who just listen, I appreciate you nonetheless. Thank you. Welcome back. Here is my number. 
If uh, you should decide within the the, uh, the next two hours, sometimes we go longer. It's just you, you go with the flow. It's the internet, okay? We're trailblazing here. We can make it up as we go along. But at least for the next two hours, up until 9 a.m., you've got me live. I'm here. And for folks who are finding my voice for the first time in some time, hey, I'm glad to have you. Glad to have you. This is where we've been. This is what they've been talking about. Here is my number, 513-873-7134. Maybe you don't want to deliver a flow on the topic. Maybe you just want to call in and just say hello. Nate, I'm listening. It's all well appreciated. Okay. Again, that is my number, 513-873-7134. Are you excited? Donald Trump is coming to Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, boy. Uh, somewhere, you know, you got the uh, the Donald Trump t- types out there. They're like, uh, they're doing more celebrating than the damn Bengals, which is never good. Never good. And they're doing the high fives and all that kind of stuff. I spent some time around some of these Republican dudes, man, and uh, their delusion is quite pervasive. It's deep. It's real deep. I mean, they they believe that Republican mantra. It means something to them. It is their religion in some cases. It's very interesting how a segment of the population can become so indoctrinated or so whatever. But, you know, there's no difference with the Democrats, though. Let's be real. There's no difference. Here's the difference between the Republicans and Democrats from Nathan Ivey's viewpoint on this day. Again, today is Wednesday, November 30th, 2016. Here is how I see the Democrats and the Republicans. I mean, I know you didn't ask, but I'm going to share with you anyway. It's real simple. The Republicans are going for the jugular. And the Democrats are still trying to be friends. Democrats are nicer and softer. And they, you know, quite honestly, they, they care more about the people on some levels. And I'm talking about like the working class people. The Republicans, they care more about the elites. They're very elite focused. Okay. When they talk about businesses, it's always from the top down. They talk about owners, producers, right? They're very unabashed about it. And the Republicans are very clearly there. Now, this is an old flow for folks who've been riding with my flow for for over a decade now. This is not a new observation. I told you years ago, because like I tell you, I read everything. Everything. I was reading back in college and beyond college. I mean, throughout my radio career, I like to know what everybody is thinking. So I go a little deeper than just reading Fox News. I know where the heart of the conservative raw intelligentsia is. And sometimes I tap into it. And many years ago, while tapping into this, this conservative intelligentsia, okay, this 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 repository of all that nonsense that you end up hearing from the mouths of politicians with little R's in front of their names. And I told you the Republicans many years ago were going for the juggler. They are pushing for a one party system, the Republican Party, the in it for winning. And look at it. The Republican Party has a majority in the number of having a majority in state legislatures around the country. So like in the state of Ohio, we have the Ohio General Assembly. These are local, very influential lawmakers whose decisions shape your not just to some degree uh, the culture in terms of the relationship between the business class and the working class, the rights of the individual over the rights of the government. But even in terms of, in some cases, the way that the electoral maps are drawn. So if you heard this term gerrymandering, oh, it's huge. That's the name of the game. And what they can do is legally using tactics 
But they can basically is ensure that they're going to have a majority in terms of the state legislators. And that's already happened. And we had a Republican Party, man, they're going for the jugular. Have you ever noticed? And I noticed this with the RNC. They all look and sound the same. Now, I don't know if they're having like some kind of daily conference call. And I'm talking about the Republicans. But damn it, it sure seems like it. Because even if you're an astute observer of politics and you like to watch like the morning, the cable shows and the different faces come on there, if you pay attention to it, they all really much say the same thing about the issues. And that's because I believe they literally are. I mean, there are services out there that like that deliver like mass emails on a regular basis. These things are pushed out. That's certainly what's happening with Fox News. They, every morning they get like a little uh, notice saying, hey, here are the hot points for today. And if you watch Fox News from the morning to the end, all of their program, they all stay on message. Republicans stay on message. They stay on message. They all back each other. Even when Donald Trump was a, looking like a fiasco. I mean, he was looking like the Titanic, but you could tell it was a Titanic before it pushed away from the harbor. That's how he was looking before election night. Now he's looking like a genius. They're going to be calling him the new Ronald Reagan soon. I guarantee it. Every Republican has to tries to make himself over in Ronald Reagan's image. That's how deeply Ronald Reagan is revered. Now, you might ridicule it. You can if you want to. But I'm here to tell you that is part of the reason why Ronald Reagan is revered in certain households in this country. And you might want to delegitimize that. You might think it's wacky. You might think it's super fantastic. And Nathan don't know what he's talking about. But I'm telling you that I do. And we have to figure out a way to reach these individuals, right? So so dig what's happening right now. Listen, call I'll get to you in one second. Again, here's my number, 513-873-7134. In fact, it'll be more like two minutes. I will come to your phone call, though. But check this. I want to lay this down right before we get the conversation started this morning. The Republicans are going for the jugular. Just for, If you don't remember anything else I say on this particular topic, remember that. The Republicans are going for the jugular. So figure out what your plan is going to be. I'm telling you straight up. They have a majority of state legislators around the country. They have a majority of the governorships. I think these are things that people just, they're not really putting us all together because they're looking at it and the media sort of presents it to you in a very piecemeal, piecemeal fashion. They never put all this together. The Republicans now have the majority in the U.S. Senate and in the House of Representatives where articles of impeachment actually start. Because I hear people saying, oh, we're going to impeach Donald Trump. Why would a Republican Congress, what would Donald Trump have to do? You have to think like this. What would Donald Trump have to do in order for a Republican controlled Congress? And they've been savoring for this moment for eight years. It worked. Their plan to make Obama look as if he was a weaker president than he really was, actually worked. You say what you want to say. It worked. And how do we know it worked? Undeniable facts. Donald Trump, baby, four years. Donald Trump. Don't you wish Tupac was still alive? Love to hear his flows right now. That is deep. Donald Trump. They have a majority now in, uh, in terms of the chief executive. There were a lot of bills that the Republicans put on the table of the president, but Obama would never sign it. They would never sign it. Will Donald Trump sign some of this goofy stuff like this? Does anybody know what Medicare is? 
Medicare is a very, very popular program. No matter what you start hearing these Republicans can say to you, Medicare is solvent. Medicare is not tied in any way that's serious enough to really matter to Obamacare. Even though you had the Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, within the last couple of weeks, he's making the rounds on the local Sunday morning shows talking about how Medicare, to fix Medicare, you got rid of get over Obamacare. So he, here they are linking two issues. Will it work? The Republicans have been successful in vilifying Obamacare, largely because the man Obama is black. Because <laughs> if you look at it on the merits, you would have to say in a lot of instances, Obamacare has been good for the country. And really, we just started. Don't we need about 10 or 15 or 20 years before we can really tell whether Obamacare is really working? I would say so. We need a generation or two to even figure out what the best tweaks are going to be. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You don't do that. Doesn't make any sense. But Republicans have vilified it. They have turned Obamacare into something that is like they have to address that. Now that they have a majority, they have to do something about it. They've talked. They invested too much capital, too much time making it important to their constituents. So you can see a very serious you're going to see a very serious attempt to gut Obamacare. Even though Donald Trump is saying there's some provisions he wants to keep, we'll find out. Donald Trump may be a businessman, but these are politicians. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's 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 a different environment. It's a different animal. It just seems very apparent to me. But again, what do you think? But this is what you're dealing with. You're going to see a very serious attempt to gut Medicare. Now, Medicare for seniors is is as people get older is very very important. If you're in your twenties or younger than that, you're like Medicare. What the hell? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You're on a whole different level. Again, I've been there before. We all understand that. For folks old enough to understand what that means, that should be very troubling to you. I've got a clip that I want you to hear from the Tom Hartman show. And uh, he's a great talk show host. And he does a radio show and also a television show you can pick up up on YouTube called uh, The Big Picture. And I'm going to play a clip from that show, The Big Picture, in just a little bit. You need to stick around for that. That is a super deep conversation. People say, well, your vote doesn't matter. Listen, there's a big difference between having politicians who understand that the role of the government is to try to help people that need it. Okay. In positions of authority, as opposed to having politicians who go to Washington to tear down those programs to help people that need them in this country. Doesn't that seem like a difference to you? It does to me. Uh, let me set the table just a bit more than I want to go straight to the phones. I want to take your phone calls. Let me set the table just a bit more. This is the Nathan Ivy show. You ever heard of a televangelist? His name is Rick Joyner. Does that ring a bell? If not, that says good things about you. Not necessarily you're saying you're a bad person. If you know that name, I mean, who knows when you can, it could have came across it, but are, is, are you actually a fan of this show? People watch this show. Anyway, I got a clip of him saying that all of the Jesus' disciples were like Donald Trump. And he met Donald Trump for an hour and Donald Trump cried and he's a man of God. I mean, listen, the makeover, the transformation of Donald Trump is happening right in front of your eyes. Speaking of transformations, I kind of lost respect for Mitt Romney. Mitt the twit. What happened to Mitt Romney? Remember this Mitt Romney? Remember this Think guy? Think of Donald Trump's personal qualities. The bullying, the 
the greed, the showing off, the misogyny, the absurd third grade theatrics. Donald Trump is a phony, a fraud. His promises are as worthless as a degree from Trump University. Damn, that was a good line. (laughs) I'm going to love this clip. I actually hope that Mitt Romney becomes a secretary of state because it'll make those clips all the more poignant, all the more relevant. He said as worthless as a degree from Trump University. I mean, what a flair. Great flow, Mitt. From the king of flow to you. Great flow, Mitt. That was great. What happened to Mitt? You know, Mitt Romney's being considered to be the Secretary of State, which is the nation's top diplomat. That's the position that was previously held by Hillary Clinton. And everybody said it made her more official, more qualified. Damn. I guess being qualified for a position for a woman in America doesn't, that hasn't really changed, huh? For some, maybe. For some, not, I guess. But that's the twit I like, man. Can we hear that one more time? Think of Donald Trump's personal qualities. I'm thinking about The bullying. Mm Mm-hmm. The greed. Mm Mm-hmm. The showing off. Bump him. The misogyny. He is a misogynist. The absurd third grade theatrics. Like a damn child. Donald Trump is a phony, a fraud. His promises are as worthless as a degree from Trump University. Damn, that's some great flow right there. (laughs) Oh, man. And that's what I had to share with you. What was it? Yesterday, day before that, we listened to. I hope it was. I didn't kill you with that. I found it to be very entertaining. Very entertaining. But Donald Trump, I don't know what in the hell they are. Yo, you want to know one of the scariest places on earth? It's, it's that creepy ass Trump Tower, man. It looks like the, the same building from the Ghostbusters now. You talk, is that gaudy? I mean, do they have people serving them grapes? I mean, literally, are those rose petals? Have you been watching this? Trump's been conducting all his business from Trump Tower, right, in New York. And it's like, for whatever reason, the media can only get so far. They can't go up the elevator. So what you've been getting a lot over in the last, uh, you know, since he's been talking with people who are going to join his cabinet, you've been getting a lot of shots of the people coming in and out of Trump's. Trump Trump Tower and they always catch them at these damn elevators, man. And I'm like, do these elevators go straight to hell? It's a gaudy ass elevator or to heaven. And so Mitt Romney laid into Donald Trump and now Donald Trump is considering him. So Mitt Romney, I don't know what they're doing to people in here. They're like forcing like parasites like down their throats to take over their bodies. You are now a host. Is that what Donald, is Donald Trump like an alien? And he takes them upstairs and he like regurgitates worms. And they climb into the bodies of their victims and take over them. They're like zombies now. Because this Mitt Romney went in. Think of Donald Trump's personal qualities. The bullying. The greed. The greed. The greed. Think of Donald Trump's personal qualities. The bullying. The greed. The greed. The showing off. The misogyny. There's a D in greed. The absurd third grade theatrics. Donald Trump is a phony, a fraud. His promises are as worthless as a degree from Trump University. Man, that's great flow. And so that's what went into Trump Towers. And here's what came out. Like old times. I had a a wonderful evening with uh, President-elect Trump. Uh, We had another discussion about uh, affairs throughout the world. 
these discussions I've had with him have been uh, enlightening and interesting and, uh, and engaging. I've enjoyed them very, very much. Uh, I, uh, I was also very impressed by the remarks he made on his victory night. Uh, by the way, it's not easy winning. I know that myself. Uh, he did something I tried to do and was unsuccessful in accomplishing. He won the general election. Uh, and, uh, and he continues uh, with a, a message of inclusion and bringing people together. Uh, and his vision is something which obviously connected with the American people in a very powerful way. The, uh, the last few weeks, he's been carrying out a transition effort. And I have to tell you, I've been impressed by what I've seen in the transition effort. The people he selected as members of his cabinet uh, are solid, effective, capable people. Uh, some of them I know very well. Uh, Nikki Haley and I go way back. Uh, she's an outspoken, strong, powerful leader. Uh, Tom Price uh, is someone who uh, actually came to my office before he'd run for Senate, and we spent time talking about health care. What an expert and, and solid thinker in, in that arena and others. Uh, Jeff Sessions was someone who I knew uh, through my campaigns, helped me very early on. He has a distinguished record of the Senate, and of course many others, Betsy DeVos, and a long list of people. Very impressive individuals. I happen to think that America's uh, best days are ahead of us. I think you're going to see America continue to lead the world in this century. And, uh, and what I've seen through these discussions I've had with President-elect Trump, uh, as well as what we've seen in his uh, speech at the, uh, the night of his uh, victory, uh, as well as the people he selected as part of his transition, uh, all of those things combined uh, give me uh, increasing hope that President-elect Trump is the very man who can lead us to that uh, better future. Thank you. I mean, did he all the way Mitch out? He didn't all the way Mitch out, now did he? If you really listen to his language, he left himself a little bit of dignity there. He left himself a little bit of dignity. But what in the hell are they doing to people up there? In Trump Tower, I don't want to go. I don't want a cabinet position. But enough of me, more of you. Let me go straight to the phones. Caller, thank you for holding. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Ivy and Choppers. How is everyone? Uh Uh-oh, is this Kiki? Yes, it's Kiki. How you doing, Hi. Kiki? Good morning. Good morning. What's going on? I hear you just going in. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yes. But hey, what do you think? I what do you think Donald Trump's doing to people up there? He is. Um. Let me see. Let me think. They got to like kiss his ring or like <laughs> they both cut their fingers and then like they do a blood oath or something up there. What the hell? I have no idea. Um, it is very strange, to say the least. But um, hey, we shall see. That's all okay. we can do. All right. Okay. You know, but something is something mysterious is going on. So yeah. we'll just everybody just be patient and just wait and see what's going to happen. Just be prepared in whatever event may you know happen. All right, Kiki. Well, listen. I appreciate your call, and I, it's good hearing yeah. your voice. You know what? I just wanted to say one thing sure. really quickly. Um, uh, yesterday when I was in class, it was a gentleman walking up and down the halls, right? So our doors are always closed and they're locked because it's an evening class. So once we got out of class, probably around 6.15 last night, got out a little bit early, um, I saw the man. He was still out there. So I got a safe distance away and I asked him, and I said, um, are you lost or something, sir? You know, and he said, well, I'm in here looking for my son. And I said, okay, because I noticed you've been in the hall, like, since 430. 
you know. So he was like, no, no, I'm just looking for my son. So, you know, I thought about it and I processed it and everything. And I called campus um, police and gave a description and everything like that. I just want everybody to know, just stay aware. You know, keep your eyes and your ears open because it's some strange things happening around here. All right. Well, I appreciate that. And I certainly will. I certainly will. People are saying they're so happy as you and not John on the air. <laughs> and you, I was thinking, I said, oh, I got to get in there for John, get on uh, there I'm, and mess us all up. Oh, no. Y'all don't appreciate John, huh? No disrespect, John. I know you're listening. You're a cool dude, but I got to get in first. Okay, I'm glad you did. Thanks for the call. <laughs> okay, take care. Uh, I appreciate it. They're like, hell no, John can't get in this morning. And she held, too. I appreciate it. She's like, no, 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 no. Damn, John can't get no love? Brother can't get love. I mean, you know, he a little out there, but he deserves love too, right? Maybe he don't. He don't deserve no damn love. Uh, I'm not going to break first. First, we got to go to the choppers. Got to go to the choppers. I got to greet everybody this morning. Get to the choppers! Yeah, that's what's first. Give me something different. Yeah. Good morning, everyone. How you doing? Paula, we'll get to you in a second. I got to greet the choppers. Oh, I see. Curtis was first inside the chop shop. How you doing, Curtis? Tanika writes, good morning, Nate, and the choppers. Good morning, Tanika. Rhonda writes, good morning, and beautiful people in the chop shop. That's the top three right there. Curtis, Tanika, Rhonda, I appreciate it. It's a Wednesday. Mike writes, uh, good morning. Good morning, Deborah. Good morning, Pat. Pat writes, good morning, y'all. Cindy Tigress. Looking good. Everybody looking great, right? So good morning, y'all. Tracy writes, hi. What's up, Deanna? She writes, morning. Good morning, uh, Shannon. I gave a, a few thoughts uh, of what I would like to discuss this morning. If you have any, I'm always open. What up, Daryl? What up, CJ? What up, Sluggo? X-Squad salute. X-Squad salute. She writes, good morning, Nick. Good morning, Chop Shop. Kiki writes, I read Mr. Ivy and the Choppers. We just talked to Kiki. And we got four lips. Oh, it's a four lip Wednesday? All right. Damn. Robin writes, uh, good morning, everyone. Chuck writes, up, Nate in the chop shop. It, what's up is, I want to know what you think. Did you know that the Republicans, I want to give you a heads up about what I'm hearing. Did you know that the Republicans are going to a tribe to destroy Medicare? The way they're going to do it is they're going to link it to Obamacare. They're gonna, you're going to hear people say things like and make ridiculous arguments like, and these are ridiculous arguments, I'm here to tell you, that to fix Medicare, we got to fix Obamacare. Because they have really transformed the Obamacare, the Affordable Health Care Act, into something that it, it, it can't even live up to. But that's what the game is. Do you know anybody who's on Medicare? Better let them know. Keisha Rice, good morning. Jerry Rice, good morning. Hashtag TNI. Hashtag get to the choppers. Absolutely. I'm getting to the choppers. That's what I'm doing. Get to the choppers! Casey writes, uh, good morning, Nathan, and the choppers. Sending powerful, positive vibrations to you all. Absolutely. Good morning, Carolyn. What's up, Key C? Uh, Dale writes, uh, I don't know why these crazy-ass white folks who be screaming, I voted for Trump, when it comes to a confrontation with black people, that ish don't scare us. At least it don't scare me. They don't know that a vote, that a Trump presidency is going to do more harm to the average white person than us. We are survivors, and it's been proven for hundreds of years. Somebody had to say it, and Daryl just did. 
<laughs> I want to go ahead and say uh, <laughs> on behalf of Daryl to the white community thinks we Got give it. a damn because you screaming Got I voted it. for Trump. Yeah, hit it again. Got him. Yeah. Got him. You got him on that one, Daryl. Exactly. We don't give a damn, quite honestly. I wish I would. Run into somebody out here telling some I voted for Trump. I would be thinking the exact same thing that Daryl just said. It's going to hit you too, bud. We made for this. We're resilient. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is Rhonda. How hey. are you? Hey, what's up, Rhonda? Good morning. Good morning. I was just motivated by Kiki to call because we. I just didn't want John to call, to be honest <laughs> with you. Wow. So, you know, I figured it would be something different to hear, you know, two ladies calling in versus hearing him boring us to death in the morning. Is it that so, bad? <laughs> Yes. And I was just calling. Also, too, to put in, uh, I agree with Kiki. We do got to start paying attention and be more aware because I think what they're doing now is they're going to start planting these people in to start doing these scare tactics and things. So when um, Trump come in with all his crazy policies, they'll say, oh, wow, we really do need all these policies. And the people will be brainwashed and blind to the setup. So we just do got to keep being aware. Don't swallow the um, blue pill. They're, they're giving them all these people up here in Trump Towers. They put them back to sleep. You know, we have been awakened, and let's stay awoke. Stay woke and stay paying attention. That's all I wanted to say. All right, Rhonda. Thanks for the call. Change it up. Bye-bye. Oh, okay. That's a filibuster call. I'm down with it. Whatever it takes. If you want to call in and deliver your flow. Or you want to call in to block John from calling in from deliver from delivering his flow of the same. Oh, it's our fault about Obama. And he told us, you told us, John, way to go. I didn't know that the feelings were so real, <laughs> but the door is open. 513-873-7134. 513-873-7134. But that's what I like to talk about this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what I would like to discuss with you this morning. I hope you're down for a conversation about those particular issues. Also, a local man, he had $11,000 confiscated from him. He was a brother coming from a local, through an, a local airport here. By local, I mean in the uh, Ohio, uh, Cincinnati area, northern Kentucky area. And you won't believe what happened. You won't believe what happened. Took his man's money. Ran him down like he was a dope dealer. But, of course, that's the kind of justice that our new president-elect believes in. So get ready for it. Good morning. Let's wake up. It's the Nathan Ivey Show. We'll be back. This is what they had to say. A father is always present. I mean, what father, what real father figure can you have if they're not there? In order to be a good dad, you need to love, love your son. You need to put gas in your car so you don't break down in the middle of nowhere. And you need to make them breakfast. Yep. 
I mean, just to maybe um, play like a board game with me or to just stay home and play um, some video games with me. Just to do like that one little thing is what I really look forward to. I'm not asking him to be a perfect dad, but he should try. He's just a constant force in my life. There's no other type of love like a dad's love because it's not comparable to anything else. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and Keyboard the Cat, Hamilton the Pug, and Toast Meets World. These are some of the Internet's most beloved pets. With millions of YouTube views, shares, Instagram likes, followers, and fans across the globe. But what do all these amazing pets have in common? Their stories started in a shelter. Start your story. Adopt a dog or cat today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a shelter or adoptable pets near you. Training that pet to play the keyboard? Well, <laughs> that's entirely up to you. Visit theshelterpetproject.org and hear more about Hamilton the Pug, Toast, and Keyboard Cat's amazing adoption stories. Start a story. Adopt a shelter or rescue pet today. Your perfect pet is just a click away at theshelterpetproject.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. What we do here is go back, 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 back. morning and welcome back. Yes, you found me. This is the Nathan Ivy Show. The Nathan Ivy Show is sponsored by UC Health. UC Health, Cincinnati's only academic health system. As always, my pleasure. Let me give you my number and do me a favor. Lock me into your phone, please. 513-873-7134. And I talked about it just a little bit yesterday. I spent some time on it today, just a little bit, just to give you a heads up, is that I want to kick off a campaign to raise revenue, to take this show, and to take my ideas to the next level. Based in the city of Cincinnati, I want to build something beautiful, something 21st century, something multimedia, something permanent, something that will have an impact in this city and may even shine as a beacon for people that may want to follow. But I want to start it right here together with you. I believe in this. Do you believe in this? I'll give you more details. Yeah, I want that to sink in. Good morning and welcome back. So here's what I would like to talk about this morning. I want to talk about the Republican Party's attack on Medicare. I mean, if you just type that into Google right now, and I've already done it, you do a Google search, Republicans attack Medicare, you're going to start to see numerous articles. This may or may not be something that's on your radar screen. I believe this will have a huge impact in a negative way. Uh, Medicare is solvent. It is not a crisis. It's not at risk. It's not slowing the government down. I never understand how people can be compelled to vote in their own best interest. You are poor and working class who could benefit from broke programs that could resuscitate in some cases or jumpstart your ideas or at least make your life a little easier. 
and you favor a party that doesn't believe that the government has any other role other than to build bombs. And that's it. And play for police officers and firefighters. And that's it. And this makes sense to you. But this is the where we live in. What is Donald Trump doing? What did he do to Mitt Romney? If you look at the video, and I've posted links on my Facebook page for the show, The Nathan Ivey Show. As I said, I'll be putting more and more of a focus. I'm not abandoning abandoning my uh, personal page, but I want to put more of a focus on the Facebook page because uh, it has a higher capacity to reach more people. I want everybody to hear what we do here every single morning. I want this to be a major stop in what people do in the city of Cincinnati. And we're very close, very close. But anyway, what is he doing to Mitt Romney? What is he doing to this man? And I watched a lot of sci-fi movies. It could be uh, The Parasites. It could be uh, some kind of uh, torture technique. I don't know what they're doing, but that just seems like to be a very creepy place. I'm going up the golden elevators to see Donald Trump. And why am I the only person in the media that's pointing out this absurdity? No, I don't hear anybody. I hear people talking around it, but very odd, very odd goings on. We're living in special times. We're living in special times. So, yes, Medicare is under attack. Watch it. Obamacare is under attack. Watch it. It's too early to talk about dismantling Obamacare because it just started. It's too early. You can't really ascertain whether the program is working or not. I got a clip of a known televangelist. His name is Rick Joyner. I'll play it for you in a second. He claims that Donald Trump is a man of God. Oh, 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 oh. make you want to choke on it. <laughs> right? He, he claims that Donald Trump is a man of God and that the, the 12 disciples of Jesus, of Jesus, or Jesus' 12 disciples are like Donald Trump. Now, how in the hell does he know what the 12 disciples were like? And it's just proof positive that some people consider Trump to be their Messiah already. He's a Messiah. The man who who killed Walter Scott took the stand in his own defense. You can find a very interesting link on my Facebook page, the Nathan Ivey Show page. Okay, very interesting because the man who shot the video was in court. It's a young brother, young brother, young brown brother. Right. And he's talking about and it looks like it sounds like he, you know, English may be a second language or, you know, he's had a very thick accent. And he stood by his grounds. He says, listen, what he saw that day when he watched an officer kill Walter Scott was an injustice. He said he didn't even want to come forward with the tape and that the only reason why he did was not the necessarily the pleas of the family. It was because he started to see the officer basically formulating his defense and lying about it. Could you imagine this? So you film a white police officer kill an unarmed black man in the South. You barely speak English. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Who do you tell? Do you go to the media? Will the police react? How will they react? Could you imagine if there was no tape in the Walter Scott case? If there was no tape in the Walter Scott case, here was a man who was basically pulled over for very similar to Sam DeBose. The man was killed at the University of Cincinnati police officer, Ray Tensing. Just had a hung trial here. Hung jury, should I say, a mistrial. So 
Very similar circumstances. Both men were pulled over because of some minor infraction and both men were unarmed and both men ended up dead. Walter Scott took off. You might remember the video. Clearly, he's about 17 feet, I think uh, the expert said in court. He was 17 feet away from this officer. And what do you think the officer said when he got on the witness stand? He claimed that his life was in jeopardy. That's right. Wherever heard that before? The man 17 feet away from you with no weapon. You have a weapon. How is your life in jeopardy? <laughs> what? But he took the defense. He took the, he took the stand as his own defense. His name is Michael Slager. The young brother, his name is Fadine Santana. A real MC, in my opinion. I mean, it got so deep, he had to break down and went to some family friends and showed them the video. Then he got in touch with Black Lives Matter. He got in touch. He got in touch with his local Black Lives Matter representative. See, people keep trying to discredit Black Lives Matter because they don't believe they're using the right tactics or they haven't seen enough progress. And my question would be, if you really feel that way and yet you're in line with Black Lives Matter, then go down, go to a meeting and join them. Let them know face to face. They may listen to you. You might want to join up. You might want to posse up. That is deep. Have you been paying attention to this at all? I've got a clip of Fadeen Santana while he's testifying. And he says, again, what I saw was an injustice. Very clearly. He spent 24. Wait, 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 wait. He spent nearly four hours just on Friday in the witness stand. That's a long time to sit in one place. That's a long time to be like the focus of all of the attention in the room. That's a long time. Long time. The nerve circumstances. But that's deep. So uh, clearly Black Lives Matter is having an impact on some levels, not just here in the city of Cincinnati, but across the country. But enough of that. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning, caller. How are you? Hey, Brother Nate. Good morning, man. Doing great. Doing Doing great. This is Brother Roosevelt. It it is, man. Hey, man, you got me cracking up today, man. Rise up. The whole zombie thing. With the whole zombie thing with Donald Trump. Yeah, man. It's hilarious. Yeah, you never know. You laugh. You laugh in Roosevelt, but you never know, man. I've seen enough sci-fi movies to know. You got to laugh to keep from crying. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, 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 man, I now know what Donald Trump meant this whole time about Make America Great Again, man. And what he means is he's going to take this country back to the 80s, the Dukes of Hazzard. That kind of thing. Deregulation. Uh-huh. You know, every man for himself. That's uh-huh. what he meant. Right. You know? Right, right. Hey, 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 brother, have you seen these cast of characters that that he's recommending? And I tell you, when I was reading all this about Mitt Romney going in there, <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, Lord, Mitt is going, he's at least going to keep us in the new millennium. And, you know, now I'm crying like my mama, you know, they done got Mitt. They done got him. They got him, man. You know? Said, yeah. Eat these worms. Eat these worms, man. <laughs> and he came out a whole hey, different hey, person. Every last one of those guys he bringing in there, man, are reach. Some of them are retreads from the Bush administration. Yep. From the Reagan administration. Yep. And and, and if you and if you look up the philosophies of those people, man, you talking about uh, gentrification. You talking about uh, uh, 
deregulation in a lot of these neighborhoods. You know, a lot of these communities, man, where there's like high high rates of asthma and cancer and things like that. A lot of that happening, man, because these corporations weren't regulated, you know, to perform business. And we know what Trump is about, man. Do business as cheap as possible. Yep. And what I'm seeing what I'm seeing with these guys that he's appointing, man, is they have always been about the politics and the business of poverty. And that ain't good, man, for people who don't have a lot or who don't have a voice. And so what I'm seeing to make America great again, man, is, is get rich off the business of poverty. Scary. It's very scary, man. And I'd love to be able to challenge you and tell you that I think you're wrong, but I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely right. Like you said, everyone is a retread. And it's amazing how many Fox News personalities are now finding their way into the Trump administration on some capacity. That's yeah, happening well, a lot as well. I mean, the fact that Trump yeah. would even consider uh, a so-called America sheriff, David Clark, to be the head of Homeland Defense, the fact that he would even consider that says something about him that that's, that's reads red flags to me. Man, how is Ben Carson qualified? I mean, he's a surgeon. How is he qualified to be the secretary of HUD? He's not. He's got no, yeah. He's not. And, and he's not that smart on his feet, quite honestly. Let's be honest here. He's an idiot savant. When he comes to neurosurgery, he's a genius. Everything else, you got to go ask his wife and all this kind of stuff. But the problem with that is this, man, is that while Ben Carson may have a good heart, if he doesn't have anything inside his head, that means he's going to lean to the council who, of people who have an agenda already. You see what I'm saying? I mean, there's people out there that have an agenda for each and every one of these 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 institutions that these various cabinet members hold sway over. And if they're not hip to what the issues are in the politics, they're going to succumb to the most familiar voice. Hey, Jack. Jack's a lobbyist. But, you know, they've been in front of each other at all these Trump events and conservative events. So they get to know one another. And I like Jack. So, hey, what Jack says makes sense instead of what's the real best policy for the people. And that's my fear. Yeah. Yeah. Trump has made his living on going into depressed areas, okay, bringing it up, okay, and creating a new demographic. All right, that is very scary, man. About about how the about how the how the scale of inner cities across this country and the path that it will take. We're already seeing now here locally, man, how. How, how, you know, cities are being revitalized, but the cost of living is getting out of reach for a lot of Americans. Last thing I want to touch on, man, and hopefully my wife is listening, maybe she could call in, you know, with the issue of Medicaid. With, with the baby boomer generation and their health care costs just skyrocketing, you know, and just more and more people living longer. I cannot understand why the Republican Party would be trying to depress health care. I just don't understand that. And where I think Trump's going to eat his words at, and, and, and maybe my wife could touch on this, there's a lot of, not a lot of black people. There's a lot of rural people, man. A lot of those people who voted for Donald Trump, brother, who are on Medicaid. Mm-hmm. Medicare, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Medicare. I'm sorry, but... Uh, how is he going to make good on those promises 
to those people. And he's already appointed people who are on the record of sort of saying, hey, listen, we need to redo Medicare. So how do you put somebody in a position who walks into the job with a professed ideology that's anti the very institution that you're supposed to be running? It's it's a Ronald Reagan presidency, man, all over again. And the only good thing about that Reagan presidency was that there was a resurgence of a my black movement. HBCUs flourished during that era, and, you know, there was a lot of communities that just, you know, they kind of stuck together. So hopefully we get back to that. Hey, man, I don't want to take up too much time. Great show as always, brother. Thank you very much, man. I'll catch up with you, man. Yeah, most definitely. That's Roosevelt bringing some uh, some really uh, serious issues to the table. Very serious. People need to think about this. I'm on the New York Times right now. I'm looking at a a couple of tourists, an older white couple, I'd say 50s, 60s. And they're taking photographs right outside of Camp Tower. um, And that's uh, Donald Trump's. I'm sorry, Trump Tower, not Camp Trump Tower. And, of course, that's Donald Trump's uh, headquarters. And the man has on a red hat, make America great again. Those hats were big sellers, man. Big sellers. Republicans love those little trinkets. That's why they got them. That's why why Trump got the White House because he had a hat. He had a cool little hat, a novelty. Why did President-elect Trump choose Cincinnati to be the jump off, the kickoff for his thank you tour? Did you know that? On Thursday. Uh, down at the U.S. Bank Arena, thousands of Trump supporters are going to go downtown. Cincinnati is going to be the center of the conservative universe for a short time. And I know that Alex Chiantafulu has something to do with this. He's the Republican Hamilton County Party chairman. I know he has something to do with this. Uh, you know, they're all vying for attention. Come to my city. Come to my city. Well, he's coming to Cincinnati. What does that say now? Of course, he did take Ohio, but he did not take Hamilton County, which in Cincinnati resides. That's very smart. Very interesting. Huh. Why would he come to Cincinnati? I mean, of all the cities in the country, think about that. Of all the cities in the country. Donald Trump is coming to Cincinnati to kick off his thank you tour. Now, why is that? And I've been telling people for years, Cincinnati, Ohio is a battleground county inside a battleground state. I mean, we are that county. We are that state. Coming to Cincinnati. And he's calling it his thank you tour. But a lot of people are cynically suggesting it's going to be sort of like a, a victory lap. Like, what the hell? I mean, is he going to be drawn out in carriages? Horse-drawn carriages? I mean, is Donald Trump going to, like, be driven into the arena on a chariot? Driven by two Bengal tigers? I mean, what what is exactly about to... And why come back to Cincinnati? You're making us look like we support Donald Trump. Does Donald Trump have a lot of supporters here? More than you know. More than you know, that's very interesting. What is that tacky? Did Obama go on a victory tour? I don't think so. Maybe all the presidents do, and I just didn't notice it. This seems to be very tacky. Very tacky uh, by Donald Trump. But, you know, Trump supporters are going to love it. They're going to love it. 
And then maybe he'll like take the cap off of his head and have a couple strands of his of his head, his hair in the hat. And then he'll kiss the hat and just fling it into the crowd like a frisbee. And these fools will be fighting each other over it. It's my hat. Punching each other out. I'm looking at punching each other out. I'm looking at a, an image of Reince Priebus, who is the chief of staff elect, or I'm not sure what the term is, the soon to be chief of staff. You got president elect Donald J. Trump and Mitt Romney, and they were at some kind of swanky French place. And I think that Trump made Mitt eat the worms before they got there because Mitt looks particularly docile in those particular issue images I just saw. So. I don't know, folks. I don't know. I don't want to say doom and gloom. No, you got to work your hustle, whatever it is. You still got to get up and go to work every day. You got to get up and take care of your responsibilities. And if you don't have to do any of that, you still have to get up and live. Okay, so we got we're not going to stop living because Donald Trump is president. Okay, we're going to come up with a way to not only survive, but to thrive. Okay, during the Trump years, that should be the goal. That's it. Currently 8 a.m. in the Queen City. Let me go back to the choppers here. Let me get back to the choppers. I'm not bringing that out. No, I'm not. Dale writes. I think I read that already. Kelly writes. Good morning, Nathan. Tracy writes. Democrats and Republicans are different branches on the same tree. There are some differences. The Republicans are playing for keeps and they're very close to it. The Democrats are playing. I don't even know what they're playing, actually. Kashana writes, good morning. That weak, pathetic display of leadership here in the state of Ohio. Take it to the top. And damn it, DNC. Why did you let those emails get leaked out? Destroyed the documents. It's quick. Fema writes, I came to the chop shop to talk a little ish, but love wouldn't but love wouldn't disrespect. I'm not sure what that means. Tracy writes, Donald Trump will not last two years. What do you mean? He's going to have a heart attack or something? Or you think he's going to be impeached? I can't say anything about his health. In terms of impeachment, he'd have to do something. (laughs) I mean, for a Republican, think about it. He's got a majority for the next two years. Now, maybe you've got a revolution in the House of Representatives and the Democrats, through some miracle, are able to take a majority. Well, then maybe you got a little bit more legitimacy to that. I don't know. And what could Donald Trump possibly do? They would make the Republicans turn their back on a Republican executive in the White House. It had to be tremendous. He had to say something like, Ronald Reagan can kiss my ass. Something like that. Even that wouldn't do it. Ronald Reagan can kiss my ass. Right? It's like in the middle of some big conservative event and like pop all their bubbles. That might do it. Maybe. KC writes, I say blacks need to start their own party. But not sure we are united enough. And we will need some whites to go go with it as well in order for it to have any legs. I love the concept of third parties. I love the concept. I support a third party idea. Let me go back to the phones. Good morning, caller. Welcome. Good morning, Mr. Nathan Ivey and the good people. John, I appreciate you, brother. How are you? All right. How are you today? Uh, to your chop shop notice, uh, uh, that writer that wrote in, Indicated Donald Trump will not survive two years. Uh, let me correct you. Talk up a little, John. I can't hear you, man. Talk up for me, please. Can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Yes. Yes, I can. Okay. So that uh, writer that wrote in and said Donald Trump will not survive two years. Uh, uh, let me correct you on that. He will survive uh, 
more, possibly eight years. I predict he will last eight years. So it's a big fight on the Republican side of the aisle. You know, remember half of the party didn't was against him even getting in there, and I think some of them still feel um, he's going to shoot himself in the foot. Let us see how this plays out. Um, uh, you mentioned the restaurant. He was at the Trump Tower, tower on one of those high-rising restaurants in his tower. Um, him and uh, Mitt Romney sucking up each other, uh, sipping on champagne, having a little lobster, and deciding if he's going to get Secretary of State. Well, we'll see how that plays out, too. If you look at the circle of characters that's around him, he's bringing the swamp in him. I thought he said he's going to drain the swamp. I think he's bringing the swamp in. Yeah. Did, did you really believe that when he said he was going to drain the swamp? Did people really believe that? Well, Guess so? To, he was preaching to a certain choir. He's a part of the swamp because he's been doing the same thing the swamp in Washington have been doing for years, and they will continue doing it. John, you're, you're modulating in and out, man. It's like I can hear you great, and then you, you it's like you back away from the microphone almost. Uh, I'll switch ears again just to see how how's that. Okay. Are you on a phone or are you on some kind of like device or something? Some kind of speaker? No, no, no. I'm, I'm got my ears right and my mouth right to the cell phone. Oh, okay. Plus All right. Signal problem. All right. Well, it's raining here in New Jersey, so it might be a signal problem or something. Okay. That's probably what it is then. But uh, I'll try my best to talk up as loud as possible. You know, I, I don't know how much, um, so much for Donald Trump. Have you followed that North Dakota pipeline project there? Yes, I have oh. been following it, actually, in the last few days. Yes, I have. It's, uh, I side with the uh, the tribal elders on this. So I'm glad to hear that. Uh, have you had any indication of Al Sharpton or Jackson going out there supporting me, or they haven't been out there at all? Uh, that's a good question. You know, I really haven't been listening to any of their shows and really paying attention to anything other than what I'm doing. So, no, I, I'm not aware. I would I would like to see Re- the Reverend Jackson pick that issue up. I think he should, actually. But, I mean, who am I to tell him what it was on his agenda? Well, him and Sharpton should be involved with that situation. Not too many people that have been following that should know. Uh, this pipeline has been constructed, and they got to an area where that North Dakota area where they're in uh, native burial grounds, uh, 1,200 miles that stretch from Illinois into that area, and they're upsetting secret ancestral burial grounds as well as running that pipeline underneath the water on the Native American property. The other, you know, I have a problem with that because I do agree with some of the supporters, and I read a lot of clips last night. Right, right. Is it the Standing Rock Sioux Reservation? Yeah. Right, and that's North Dakota we're talking about, right? I think I read yeah. yesterday, no, I didn't think, but I read yesterday that there are some folks called the Veterans Stand for, Stand for Standing Rock, I believe it is, and they're going to be providing themselves as human shields for the Dakota, right. Dakota Pipeline protesters. So now you have veteran groups that are involved well, with I, this. I am glad, yeah, I read that too last night. I'm glad those veteran groups are going to step in the middle to protect the uh, the protesters because, you know, they're standing up for the protesters. And it's a problem with running that pipeline. We know whenever the government or corporations run a pipeline, it's bound to something can leak and it's upsetting the waterways in that area. It's bad enough they're in Ancestor Burial Ground, but now they're going to run that pipeline right in the water, right underneath the water on their property. The other puzzling thing about me, the 
about this whole thing. Barack Obama could step in and put a freeze to that whole project, but he's going to be the good little soldier. He's not going to say anything. Well, maybe maybe your boy Donald Trump will do that. Okay, that should be top of his list. You got so you got so much faith in the man. It's still under Barack Obama's watch. He's, uh, Trump is officially not into the swearing in. Everything is still under Barack Obama's watch until that swearing in. And Barack Obama still holds the power of that presidency. Well, limited power, basically, as far as I'm concerned. The president is just a mouthpiece. The problem so is you, So the man who you didn't want to vote, the man you couldn't vote on, now you telling him what he needs to be doing in office, even though you didn't vote on him twice. Come on, John. Oh, no, I, I'm that not, make I'm no not sense, telling, John. I'm not telling him what he's supposed to do. It's what he's supposed to do in his heart, but he's been quiet. Yeah, but the president years. doesn't matter in your world. So right, why, right, why should, right. what is he, what is one man going to do? What, are you telling me that a Barack Obama, the president, could actually do something about Standing Rock? Is that what no, you're saying? He he's limited with his power, knowing that, and you know as well as I know, the Congress and the Senate. But John, you, you just started your conversation saying that Barack Obama could do this. He could do something about this if he wanted to. Didn't you say that? He does have limited power. His powers under the Justice Department can step in and tell those uh, mercenaries or Nazis that are shooting water pistols oh. and rubber bullets, he can make them stop. Oh, oh, so now you believe that being the president, he can actually make a difference. Because you've been running around here for all these years talking about it don't matter who's in the White House, but now the president can do something. Ain't you well, something. It's, it's, you these these days. This is a state problem. The governor of that state of North Dakota is not going to stop the season. Exactly. So what but, you're saying is but, the president should use his power and step what in. Limited, what, what limited power he does have. Right, right. And, but in your world, the president state. doesn't matter. No, your vote doesn't matter. What are you it, talking about? You can't have it both ways, John. You can't say on one hand who the who's in the White House don't matter. But then when somebody gets in the White House, there's all these things that they can be doing and using their their ability and their power to help people. It could, come on, man, John. Come on, now, John. He, 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 you know, Martin Luther King stated, what worse are you if you're not willing to stand up and speak out? And that's the problem. With you don't even believe in I can't believe what, you, what I hear you saying. You don't even believe in voting, John. I can't believe you. You can't quote Martin Luther King if you don't vote. You didn't know that? You want me to repeat that again for some people that didn't hear what I said? Martin no. Luther King stated, what worth are you if you're not willing to stand up and speak out about <laughs> against the injustice of what goes on across the country? He put his life on the line. Even though he didn't have no power, Martin Luther King, but he stood up and put his life on All right, the line. John. Obama for eight years did not. All right, that. John. Here we go. Thank you for the call, man. This dude, this dude won't vote for the president because the president doesn't matter. But then when the black man becomes the president, oh, he didn't do this. And he didn't do that. And he could have did this. And he could have did that. But you said that it doesn't matter who the president is. The president has no authority. He has no power. It's limited. But now you want this man to do something. Oh, the world that we live in. The world that we live in. So all I can say, folks. Something is up with that man. (laughs) That's it. That's it. But, you know, I do believe that that's one of the stories that's being grossly underreported. What's really happening with the Dakota Pipeline protesters. And some of you have hit me to it and been sharing about it for days now, if not weeks. But so it's not something that's particularly new. 
But what's interesting is that, you know, how little real information that you're getting, like even in some of the cable news clips. And this is how news outlets can claim that they inform you, but they really don't properly educate you. And maybe that just falls back on the individual consumer, but they'll give you a news story and show you all the pretty images, all the images, and you'll get some of the language, but they don't give you context and they don't always give you history. And they don't always give you both sides. You know, sometimes it can be very, very slanted in the way it's represented. So it's hard to really ascertain as to who's on the right side and who's on the wrong side or who you agree with and who you don't agree with. It can be very, very difficult. Um, Get back to the choppers here. Kruther writes a good morning, choppers. Brown skin listening in. Uh, Fame of Rice. Did Time Magazine really name the Grim Reaper as its person of the year due to all the celebrity deaths in 2016? Not hip to it. I'll check it out. Kruther Rice. Trump picks Mitch McConnell's wife as Secretary of Transportation. Hmm. Angela writes a good morning. See, my thing is that acting like you know what you need to do is different than actually doing it. And so while Trump may end up being a figurehead, who who's counsel? Who's really making the decisions? Who's really going to be making those decisions in a Trump administration? This is going to be interesting. Dare right. Speaking of Tupac, the U.S. government is now about to go after Asada Shakur. Now that Castro has deceased. I knew that was coming. Yes, you did. Miss D. Rice, greetings. Why haven't we ever heard watch the Asada Shakur movie? I mean, you know, I know we remaking, you know, Birth of a Nation and all that kind of stuff. And that's great. You know, it'll be educational on some levels or just entertaining. I get it. But there's so many other stories that never get told. But uh, Kruther writes, that's John calling. Please don't answer the phone. Rhonda writes, Medicare is very important to all of us, no matter what age we are, because one day, hopefully, we will become older or we have family members that we love that needs Medicare to stay alive. Exactly, Rhonda. Rhonda's on top of it, and we got a call from Rhonda this morning. Tiffany writes, morning, all. Junior the Truth writes, Mitt the Twit is a Mitch. Good morning, fam. Hashtag salute. Uh, Brenda writes, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday to you, Brenda. Good to see everybody. Uh, good to see you. Uh, what else do I have for you? Here's this dude, man. This is, wow. I have communicated with he and his campaign. Con- um, I've been with him for one this hour. This guy basically professes his love his for office. Donald Trump. And, He's a televangelist. You know, so I, I have a short relationship with him, but I have communicated with he and his campaign constantly throughout the, the his campaign. His name is Rick Joyner. But, uh, He's very different than what the media portrayed him as being. I mean, think about the reverence and respect that he well, talks about thing, with Donald Trump. Think about this. You know, if you've been to New York lately, which you have... Trump is one of the kinder, gentler models from New York. Yeah. You know, I mean, just being serious. And uh, the thing is, he is tough as nails, and you have to be in his business. Mm-hmm. But he's soft on the inside. Mm-hmm. I mean, our, we brought up to him if we kick all these illegal aliens out, we're going to bust up families, going to hurt families. And I saw the tears well up in his eyes. He was about to bust out crying. He said, Oh, he said, we can't do that. We can't hurt Donald the families. Trump. we got to fix that. And uh, as a part of a team that was put together to work on how do we do this? Donald Trump's super families. tough, but he starts and that weeping was one of his at the idea. We got to do this with compassion of busting up families. He is an honest man. I think he's one of the most honest people I've met. Mm-hmm. 
he because he tells you what he really thinks. There's no facades there. He's not yeah. hiding anything. Yeah. See? And he's also It's like uh, a candor and couth and one elegance I, I actually right worked away, for Donald Trump. I saw a remarkable fear of the Lord on him. And uh, and it, it translates now, where in the hell did he see like that in Donald respect Trump? for clergy. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't respect politicians. He doesn't respect a lot of people because, mm-hmm. you know, that he has to deal with in his business. And he's just not going to show respect to him. Uh, but his respect for that's clergy, okay. he would become so humble before any man or woman really? of God. It was amazing. This guy's name and is Rick I don't even know what this campaign. show is. He had pretty, you know, friends I know who I'm, I know and trust very well. There's a one wo- young woman sitting next to him, but, and I guess she's the host or the moderator. But him. They, they yeah. prayed together All she's saying every is, yeah. single day. I know this. One of his main campaign managers that got fired, got fired right after he found out this guy was cutting off these Christian leaders from being able to contact him. Oh, wow. When he heard that, the guy was gone right away. He staged so that for you, dummy. Help and hope he was seeking from. So he has a bunch of Christian you know, leaders up at, at the, the Trump Tower. Jesus and he just happens to go in on one of his staffers to disrespect <laughs> a Christian Trump's. leader. I mean, and he had to fire him. And, and y'all saw all of this. Hardest, uh-huh. You know, they were. Who, who else would have ever chosen any of them? Yeah, that's what people think. So Donald Trump is like the 12 disciples, all of them. <laughs> He's like all of them. I'm telling you, it's real out here, man. Don't discount this Trump media. And it's coming to Cincinnati. And, well, that will be tomorrow. That will be tomorrow. Anybody got an idea? Why is Trump coming to Cincinnati exactly? Why here? It's got to be something to it. All right. I need you guys to put your heads together on this one. You tell me. <laughs> KC writes, yay, way better than a John call. Nero writes, uh, yeah, men succumb to the invasion of the body snatchers. Shaking my head. Carlene, good to see you. She writes, good morning, Nate, and the Chop Shop. Good to see you, Carlene. Good to see you. Pat writes, Kiki, so glad it is you and not John. <laughs> Damn. Akeem writes, morning, Choppers. Damn, Kiki, your voice sounds like you give the best happy endings. Much respect. I need to pre-read those from now on out, Akeem. The hell? I just read that. Junior writes, Trump's getting people in the tower and grabbing them off the by the hoo-ha. That's funny. <laughs> Come here. Come a little closer. Come a little closer. Fame up writes, a very serious question. Am I being irrational and not trusting women with the last name hyphenated from her marriage? And I don't trust men who don't have a crevice uh, in their tie and or don't wear dress shoes that have shoestrings. Uh, are these pet peeves or I mean, number one, how serious are these issues that you're having and which is a serious one? Uh, Fama writes, am I irrational for not trusting a woman with the last name hyphenated from her marriage? Well, it is a sign. Let's be honest here. I mean, these whole hyphenated uh, last names. These are women who don't want to lose their identity. OK, I'm not going to call them feminists because many of them wouldn't refer to themselves as feminist. Strange as that may seem, but yeah, women who are not feminists, I don't understand it. But anyway, um, 
not trusting women, I don't think that their last name has anything to do with you trusting them. If if you're serious about your question, and you, you, you wrote, I'm very serious, very serious question. So I'm going to give you some serious attention on this fame up. OK, and people help me out on this because fame up wants to know, is he being irrational and not trusting a woman with a last name that's hyphenated from her marriage? So a couple of things. If she's divorced, why does she even still have his last name? That's one thing, you know, because that seems a little odd to me. You're no longer together. You're no longer his wife. Why are you rocking his last name? Okay, are you rocking his last name? Because and I don't know how divorces go and I don't really want to figure it out. But at some point, a woman has to make a decision about whether she's going to change her name back to her maiden name or she's going to keep her name hyphenated. And if a woman keeps her name hyphenated, I don't think it's for anything other than it it was an extra thousand dollars and I'm going to pay it later. I'm going to pay it on installment. If it's anything other than that, it seems like it's about vanity and or holding on to a relationship that's already over. So what that can tell you about a woman, it's she's not married anymore, but she's still rocking a hyphenated name, which is like her last name hyphen and then his last name. That tells you that either she's holding on and holding out hope and maybe she's still kicking it with this dude and maybe she's hoping that sometime it's going to work out. I mean, she's got emotional baggage and you don't want to deal with that. You don't want to take on somebody's emotional baggage. Just ugh, you don't want to deal with it. Or it means that she's vain and her vanity could be a signal of issues as well. Like, for instance, it means that she's as petty and as vain as I just like the way my name looks. I just, you know. Hyphenated, you know, my name is such and such as hyphenated. And then the second part, she, you know, some people get into that kind of vanity. You know, I like the way it sounds, I like the way it looks. It makes me feel like a doctor or something. I don't know. And or or she's doing it. My apologies. Or she's doing it because. Um, she attaches some value into having her last name be the same as her ex-husband for whatever reason. For some reason, she attaches a value to it. Maybe he's got some money. Maybe he's got some notoriety. Maybe he's got a last name that means something and she wants to keep cashing in on it because she was with him for a while. So she feels like, you know, she can do that. All that says bad things. So you're not necessarily. But at the same time, these are generalities. But yeah, th- th- those say bad things. I mean, if you've not married anymore, why would you want to keep your husband's last name? I don't get that. Uh, as for your other stuff, I let other people jump on that. Some of that's a little trivial, fame. I'll be honest with you. But John writes a good morning. What's up, Roosevelt? We talked to Roosevelt. It's a great flows. <laughs> Kiki writes, Akeem, give thanks for the compliment. Respect. FG's in the house. What's up, FG? Good to see FG. She writes, good morning, team and I. Good to have you. <laughs> Junior writes, Kiki's voice is honey sweet. Makes my commute better. John the Baptist got to get it how he lives. It's all love, though. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Serenthia writes, every client I have is on Medicare. That will primarily affect the elderly and the disabled. Yes, I am. Yes, I am aware of that. That's what I mean. I am aware of that, uh, Serenthia. And that's why I'm bringing it up. You know, we got people that we love who might be living off of the what Medicare provides them. And it seems like for 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 purely philosophical, you know, they want to privatize, you know, parts of Social Security. 
And we saw some of that happening during the Bush administration. I mean, some of that rhetoric kind of flaring up. Uh, But Bush was charged with putting some other things in motions. It will be very interesting to see. Very interesting to see. Pat writes, uh, yay. Okay, I won't get in for the middle of that. Junior writes, more sweetness. Yes, Lord, Rhonda. (laughs) I'm not mad about it at all. Akeem writes, ooh-wee, Rhonda and Kiki at the same damn time? I need grapes. <laughs> I'm reading them. That's what I'm doing. Uh, Rhonda writes, yeah, I drank my hay juice this morning, but still got love for John. See, we love you, John. We still got love for you. Just no. CJ writes, Nathan, you're absolutely correct. Medicare will roll into Obamacare. Paul Ryan has already said he's going to turn it into a voucher system. CJ's on point. Good morning, Brittany. Colleen writes, Daryl, I agree. I had a co-worker come to me the day after the election and say, we won. He got in. I'm like, who is we and why are you happy? Of course, she was white and she definitely switched that topic. I felt no need to say more. I mean, that's amazing to me. That somebody would walk into the workplace and say that. And if I had to, to analyze that, I would say that there are some issues going on within that person in terms of her relationship and how she views her coworkers and her black coworkers. That's the way I would read that. Read that. That's a very deep situation. It's deep. I mean, why would you feel the need to say that at work of all places? That's very interesting. It's very interesting, but it's happening everywhere. I mean, people are wilding out. White people are acting out and then they're saying, I voted for Obama and it's like I mean I voted for Trump it's like uh, okay and Uh, because uh, as much as people think that they're isolated and you're living your little segregated lives when the ish hits the fan you start to see just how connected we all really are you start to see just how connected we all really are. Far more connected than some people would ever feel comfortable even revealing. And Delta just banned some loudmouth, and that's what he is, a loudmouth Gilligan, quite honestly. And I think they were boarding a plane. And this guy goes off, and you know, this video is, is I mean, this audio is not that new. I mean, it's been out for at least a week or so. Somebody brought it up to me last week, it might even been. But now I'm reading that this man has been banned. That's right. This man knows what's up. We got some Hillary on here. Come on. Delta says he will never be allowed. So Delta has now banned him off of the plane. But you know what? That ain't good enough for me. This man should be banned from any plane. (laughs) I don't want to see you on Sky Blue. I don't want to see you on any plane. And white dude. Woo woo Trump. Woo woo Trump. I mean, people just going in. They think that really means something. And you're starting to see more and more white people acting out like this. They just want the world to know. Everybody wants to know. I voted for Trump. And I don't know if they believe that that is antagonizing people. Is that what they believe? That you're really getting other people's skin. And it's like, so what does that say about how you view Donald Trump, how you view yourself? And how you view yourself in relationship to this country. I mean, that's some pretty that's a that's some pretty wow ish to say is if Donald Trump was somehow unleashed on, uh, you know, minorities in this country. 
You know, Donald Trump never said that he was going to build a wall uh, around the African-American community. He said he was going to build a wall on our southern border. But somehow it's funny how that's translated into white people's relationships with black people. I saw a video. I'll play the audio for you in a second. This woman is in Chicago, right? And, you know, maybe it's something in the water. You know, when it, typically when we're talking about a video from Chicago, it's from some young thugs doing something crazy. But this is a young white woman starts wilding out. I'm being racially discriminated against. I'm being discriminated. Now, this woman is screaming about how she's being discriminated. But I bet you if you asked her if she believed that racism for black people was alive and well, she'd tell you no. But she's being discriminated against. I mean, this is the world we live in now. You got people out here living and breathing and walking around. White people, not all of them, some of them, who actually believe this. They actually believe that they have somehow been persecuted because the Jews and the gays and the blacks, but they call us the Iggers. Them Iggers, the Iggers are getting together. They're ganging up on us. It's like people really believe that or either that's just their little damn excuse for why they didn't get out there and try hard. It's your little damn excuse as to why you didn't go out there and follow your hustle as far as you can make it. So now you want to blame black. You want to blame the people of color. Must be. Must be. Why I didn't make it through college? Yeah, it's because of affirmative action. You didn't get good grades. Because Raheem got a football scholarship. Makes no sense. Got to challenge these folks, man. I'm built for it. I'm built for it. I like it. But this is nuts. This is what's going on in the world. So I got an audio clip. She's like in the in the line. She starts ch- walking up to people with her phone. Like, you videotaping me? I'm videotaping you. Talks about a woman's kids. I'll play it for you in just a minute. And she, yeah, I voted for Trump. I voted for Trump. And I'm like... Okay, I mean, are they passing out awards for this or what what exactly do you think that you've just done now? I mean, do you feel like you've unleashed the Kraken on black America or something? I mean, what's the big deal with the I voted for Trump? And why are there some people who just. Are they do they believe they're trying to get underneath the skin of individual? Why do I care about getting under the skin and of somebody who I don't know? It's very interesting what's happening. It's very interesting what happened. But uh, more to choppers, less of me. Let's get back to the choppers. Go! Get to the choppers! Dell writes, uh, go to the media, social media first, so that video can spread like wildfire quickly. <laughs> uh, let's see what else here. Morning, Kelly. Good morning, Deanna. Pat writes, also, what is the reason so many judges do not want to be the judge for the Ray Tensing trial? Three judges recuse themselves again. Again, three judges and counting. They don't want to deal with the backlash. Either they don't want to have to deal with challenging Hamilton County Prosecutor Joe Dieters, or they don't want to have to deal with a change of venue and they got to drive away from their families and be sequestered in some hotel somewhere other than in Hamilton County at their own home, or they just don't want to be that judge on that case. They don't want whatever could come with it. Whether it be negative press or any kind of press. So that's that's my guess. Kiki writes, Angel, no worries. I'm glad you're ready. You're ready, though. It's all good. He means well. I'm not sure what I just read. 
Brittany writes, Nate, the only thing that the media wants to talk about is will Trump make him publicly apologize for what he said about him in order to be on his team? Right. I'm with you on that, Brittany. There is an inordinate amount of speculation about that question. It's like people really want to see the mea culpa. They want to see Donald Trump, you know, sitting on his throne and Mick comes in and gets down on his knees and kisses the ring. Okay. And actually, in response to the audio I played for you, it was a video from several months ago during the uh, campaign, 2016, when Mitt Romney went H-A-M. He went hard as a mother. He went ham on uh, Donald Trump and really gave the most serious uh, the most serious uh, critique of anybody with any credible name inside the Republican Party. I mean, it was beautiful, right? Trump responds and says, listen, I could have made Mitt Get down on his knees is what he actually said. You remember the clip. He said, I could have made Nick, Mitt get down on his knees and uh, and uh, he just kind of left it like that and moved on before it got too, uh, uh, too risque. But the implication was not so subtle. It was very obvious what he was trying to say. And then you see Mitt go on his little, he goes up into the golden palace, the golden elevators at Trump Towers in New York. And they go to some swanky French dinner place restaurant and then Mitch emerges and starts making jokes and just delivers right like he didn't just come out and say I'm kissing his ass to get a job but he started talking about how he's got confidence and you remember Mitch didn't just come quite out and say listen uh, I'm sitting on daddy's lap now he didn't come out and do that but what he did do was he left a little bit of dignity for himself. He starts talking dignity for himself. He starts talking about the other people in Trump's cabinet and how that their presence gives him some rising confidence and hope. He never said he was solidified on it. So I think that Mitt believes exactly what he always believed. But there's an opportunity to be the secretary of state and that could transform his legacy. And he's seriously considering it for one reason or another. It could be he's trying to save the administration and bring some common sense to it. Or it could be it's just personally about him. If Mitt Romney becomes Secretary of State in four years, boom. Maybe he could seriously challenge Donald Trump for the nomination. We could see. It's all about politics. Mitt the twit. Serenthia writes, it's a slap in the face tour. It's just to gloat in front of all the ones who didn't vote for him. That's right. Cincinnati did not, or shall I say Hamilton County. I have to look at the numbers in Cincinnati, but Hamilton County went for Hillary Clinton. We know that. Okay, and that's I feel the same way, Serenthia. It's a gloat tour, and everybody come running up, and they got to kiss his ring, and then they kiss his wife's ring, and they got to kiss his son's rings, and all of his sons got to get their kisses, they get their their their, 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 their rings kissed, they kiss his daughter's foot ring, and then you know that that kind of thing. Trump seems to be really heavy into, seems to be very petty, quite honestly, very tit for tat. Brittany writes, and Nate, I hope the folks of Cincinnati flood the streets protesting against his victory party. Uh, he, I bet he goes to Indiana with all that foolery. Yeah, he's going to Indiana afterward. Oh, they're going to have a big party in Indiana because guess who the governor is? That's right, his running mate. And the vice president-elect. Yeah, you ready for it. Nathan Ivey with you. This is the Nathan Ivey Show. More flow, more phone calls. Here's my number. Lock me in. 513-873-7134. That is my number. Good morning to you. 
and we'll be right back. You accidentally cut your daughter's bangs unevenly. Do you A, line things up a centimeter from her hairline? Man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. No, 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 no. Sweatbands are so hot right now. Everyone's wearing them. Like that basketball player and that other basketball player. B, get spiritual. Mom, where did all the mirrors go? A reflection could never capture our true selves. Huh? Beauty is within. Um. C. Look on the bright side. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or D. Show empathy. Mom, you really don't have. Ta da! Twinsies. <laughs> I kind of love it. <laughs> As a parent, there are no perfect answers, but you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit adoptuskids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Adopt U.S. Kids. It takes a minute to ad- find out if you may have prediabetes, and you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to. Nope. I'm sure you've got a perfectly good excuse. Kids, work. <laughs> I get it. You're busy. So what better time than now? Let's begin. Raise one finger if you're a man. Ladies, none yet. Oh, count in your head if you're driving. Now, three more fingers for everyone over 60, two over 50, one over 40, one more if you're not physically active, another finger if anyone in your family has type 2 diabetes, another if you've got high blood pressure, if you're overweight, raise another finger, two if you're very overweight, and three if you're really overweight. You've just taken the world's first audio prediabetes test. And if you're holding up five or more fingers, visit doihaveprediabetes.org or talk to your doctor. There's no excuse because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and it's prediabetes It's Thursday aware. night and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Start it off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. Oh. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car. Which, if you're buzzed... Could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. morning everyone welcome back this is the nathan ivy show and today is wednesday november 30th 2016 currently 8 39 a.m in the queen city the nathan ivy show is sponsored by uc health 
UC Health, Cincinnati's only academic health system. And let's get back into it, shall we? Numerous things to discuss. We're just getting started. And thank you for spending a part of your morning with me. I'm going to post a link. As I said, I am this week. I want to kick off a campaign to raise revenue. I would like for you to help me to take what we're doing here, to take this show and my ideas to the next level. I'm going to post a link and give you like some insights into uh, the mechanism that I'll be using. And we'll get to that. But first, the Gloat Tour starts here in Cincinnati tomorrow at U.S. Bank Arena. Do you have a ticket? Why did Donald Trump pick Cincinnati to kick off his thank you tour? And the more I think about it, if Donald Trump really wants to thank the voters, then doing it, he should do it by going out and becoming a champion for the people. That's why if you really want to thank the voters, I don't want to see you. I don't need you to come through my ha- my town. That means nothing to me. Go out there and make America great again. That's how you that's what you should do. Everything else means not as much, quite honestly. It doesn't mean as much. Speaking of Donald Trump, have you ever heard of the Democratic Coalition against Donald Trump? They they've developed a free app. It's called Boycott Trump, and it provides an alphabetical list of businesses tied to the president-elect. So, like, if you don't want to spend any money with Trump at all or anybody that's involved with Trump, you can download this app and just, you know, go in, be familiar with the different, uh, you know, entities in which he he makes money with. And you could choose, like, for instance, you're about to buy a shirt. You didn't know it's made by Donald Trump's factory or somewhere along the line. Uh, his capitalistic hands are tied to it. And you can decide I'm against that. Now, I think that's a wonderful concept, not necessarily because of Donald Trump, but I like the idea that you could use an app. And if there's a business out there, you could put in like the things that are important to you. And this app will keep track of it. And if maybe the owner or top executives do something that you don't like, whatever that is, boom, you know about it and you could decide to spend your money elsewhere. That's deep. There's a lot of apps that endeavor to connect black businesses. If ever there is an app that is able to successfully connect black businesses throughout the country, they'll make multi-millions of dollars. They'll make millions of dollars. And I know there's people in the area uh, that comes to mind. I've heard about this concept, but that's that's a great concept. It's still a wide open market for any uh, uh, enterprising minds who might be listening. And you should be listening. Uh, this is the Nathan Ivy Show, the last honest place in America. So you can download the Boycott Trump app and hit him in his pockets if that's what you're inclined to do so. I'm not telling you what to do. I just think it's interesting that somebody's developed this kind of an app. And it really goes to show you that uh, ingenuity is still alive and well, alive and well. Are you aware of this name for Dean Santana? He testified for hours in the Michael Slager trial, and it amounts to this. He says, I know it was an injustice. He says that what I saw, I know was wrong. And what he saw is Officer Michael Slager kill a Walter Scott. Now, Michael Slager took the defense. He took the stand in his own defense, should I say. And he claimed that he was in danger. He felt like his life was in danger. He said like he felt like his brain was spaghetti. 
<laughs> he says, my mind was spaghetti. This is a trained officer. How? Wait a minute. How are you trained if your mind is spaghetti? He shot um, Walter Scott five times in the back. That was a case where Walter Scott looked like he may have had some warrants for child support. I think it was like a Friday. It was April 4th, 2015. April 4th, 2015. So I'm not sure exactly what day that was. But I believe it was a weekend day. I believe it was a Friday or a Saturday. He, he didn't want to go to court. So he takes off running. We saw the video. I've seen both videos. I've seen the videos of the traffic stop when Walter Slager initially pulled over Walter Scott. I'm sorry, Michael Slager pulled over Walter Scott. And then I've seen the video that the brother Fadeen, um, Fadeen Santana took. And that's the video in which you actually see Walter Scott being shot. Clearly in the video, Walter Scott was running away. He was about 17 feet away. It's about 17 feet away. So how are you a threat to an officer who's trained, who has a weapon? And Slager basically said he's he's arguing that Walter Scott was grabbing for his taser. Now, there was an incident. They get scuffle. But for Dean Santana, who to this point is the only person who was there. OK, who doesn't have any he's got no dog in this race. He didn't know Walter Scott. He doesn't know the officer. Walter Scott is dead. Michael Slager claims that Walter Scott was grabbing for his taser when they were struggling. (sighs) Again, I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm trying to read into the situation just like you are. This idea that when somebody gets into it with an officer, they automatically start pulling for their weapon. I don't buy that. I don't buy that. So basically, Officer Slager claimed that he felt like if it if it got into a fist fight, that he was gonna lose the fight. Quote, I just knew I was going to lose going to lose the fight. What kind of training is that? You get trained so that when you get into an altercation, you know you're gonna lose the fight? Damn, bro. You have no more confidence in yourself than that? But that's what he said on the witness stand. I just knew I was going to lose the fight. Quote, I pulled out my firearm and pulled the trigger. I fired until the threat was stopped, just like I'm trained to do. So now you're doing everything just like you're trained to do. But there's a huge discrepancy between what Fadine Santana is saying and what the officer is claiming. Now, let's talk about the jury makeup. As I understand it, they have 12 jurors. Guess what? 11 of them are white. 11 of the jurors in the Michael Slager case are white. The NAACP down there went nuts about it, but there it is. You know, you know, I mean, some of you are hearing this for the first time. Some of you are hearing this for the first time. Yet another reason as to why we need to support independent. I've always supported independent uh, media outlets. So you can hear some in some cases, some of the story or all of the story. Very interesting. My mind was like spaghetti. Slager said, claiming he was disoriented after wrestling with Scott and sprinting after him. You know what that tells me? He was tired. He probably isn't in shape. 
he probably was not in shape. That was 17 months ago. Or, or, or it was the adrenaline and or it was the adrenaline. But there's, aren't you supposed to be trained? I don't know what they're training these cats in the academy. Aren't you trained to be full of adrenaline, to be a little bit winded and still to be able to perform? Okay. And do the right thing, the best thing in the situation. Michael Slager is claiming that in hindsight, it didn't really have to go down like that. He admitted this. Didn't really have to go down like this. Uh, 18 feet. That was what the measuring tape uh, concluded was the distance between uh, Michael Slager and Walter Scott when Michael Slager shot him four times in the back. Now, how do you shoot somebody four times in the back? And then claim that they were a threat. Because clearly if you shot them in the back, they were not facing you. Clearly. Clearly. So, uh, uh, again, it'll come down to the mentality of the jury. And I'm looking at an image of him now. He's got the suit. He's got the tie. He's got his hair done up. You know, he looks like Every other officer in that situation, they're typically white in many cases. And he's hoping that the jury's going to feel sympathetic for him. That's what it all comes down to. I want them to feel my sympathy. Feel sympathy for me because I had to kill a man. And he claimed he had nightmares. Well, well, you had nightmares. What about the nightmare of a family member who receives a phone call and they found out? That they find out that someone that they love is never coming home again. That's a nightmare. That's a nightmare. But again, he's claiming that Walter Scott grabbed his taser and lunged at him. So somebody lunges at you and you fire. And at some point their back is to you then why are you fired? How can you claim that that's a threat? I just knew I was going to lose the fight. So we've heard this before, haven't we? We've heard this before. Ronda Rice, maybe Donald Trump is an antichrist. You know, like how Obama was supposed to have been. It's funny how Obama was the antichrist, but Donald Trump is like one of Jesus's disciples. Boy, bye. They crazy. I'm with you, Ronda, all the way. Obama smells like a demon, but Donald Trump... Oh, he's a leader. Watch, you're going to watch this huge, it's going to play out, it's already happening right now. The very same characteristics of leadership that Donald, that the president, Barack Obama displayed, they were used as negatives. Oh, he doesn't care. He's pushing these executive orders. He doesn't listen to us. This is the Republican Party just moaning and whining. He doesn't take our ideas. He doesn't listen to us. Basically, this man won't do what we want him to do. He's the dictator in chief. Don't, uh, he's running the White House like it's his own personal fiefdom. I've heard it all over the last eight years. Okay. Donald Trump is going to be praised for not listening to his critics. Donald Trump is going to be praised for being a bully in the White House. Donald Trump is going to be praised for issuing executive orders. And you know what they're going to say? Obama did it too. Obama had 13 or whatever number they will utter from their mouths, their pathetic lips, their pathetic lips and mouths and tiny brains. 
Obama had, he signed 57 presidential executive orders. Trump only signed three, right? This is the games, very childish games are being played right now, but it's happening right before your eyes. It's the normalization of Donald Trump. It's the legitimization process of Donald Trump. Happening every day. Every day. He writes, I like that background music. Thank you very much. What was that, 802? Not sure what it was. Deborah writes, Nate, I'm concerned with the whole Medicare issue like Pat. I am four years away from needing it. I'm also concerned about my pension plan. I am an OPERS retiree. I recently received a letter from PERI, which is the organization that represents OPERS uh, members, by speaking on behalf in Congress when they try to attack our pension plan. Well, according to the letter I received, they are going to force OPERS, O-P-E-R-S, OPERS retirees into Social Security, which could affect our monthly pension checks. I did not pay into Social Security. Don't mean to change the change the conversation, but this is a real concern I have. No, that is the conversation. You know, your concerns are the conversation. That's a real issue. That is a real issue. I think at this point, what we need to do is be out ahead of the games in terms of information. That's where I come in. But then secondly, what I want to provide to you are the specifics in terms of contact information for the people that represent you here in Ohio or perhaps Kentucky or wherever you may be listening. Just send me a link and let me know and I'll do the, the, the heavy lifting for you. I'll do the I'll do the legwork. Why? Well, because what we need to do, because some of these folks will be up in uh, for terms in two years, is we need to let them know. You need to let them know what your issues are. And hopefully it gets back to the right ears. And it gets back to your representatives and let them know we are watching. I mean, how you vote on Medicare will determine whether you're even going to be in there. Okay, in terms of your political position and let them know. Akiki writes, is that music played in the golden elevators at the Trump Towers? Which one? Um, Maybe this one. Maybe this one right here. No, 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 not not that one. This one. This one. This one, Kiki, is this being played in the elevator towers at Trump Towers? I'm not sure. I need to tell you that the Nathan Ivey Show is sponsored by UC Health. UC Health, Cincinnati's only academic health system. Good morning to you. And thank you for spending some of your day with me. I'm not going anywhere, even though you hear the background music behind me. I'm still here. I just want to say thank you for listening. I really appreciate you. Tell one person about the show as we grow. And speaking of growing, I need your help to take this to the next level. I believe in it. I can see the light at the the end of a long tunnel, but I need your help to get me there. Is what you mean, Kiki? Let me know. Uh, What else here? Uh, Brittany Rice Native. They back Trump up thus far with all the nasty tweets and all the other mess he has pulled so far. They're going to say, stay supporting him. Yes, they are. Yeah, Trump supporters don't really care about the nasty stuff he says on Twitter. Like, Donald Trump said basically on Twitter that it should be against the law to burn a flag and that you should have serious consequences. And it seems very authoritarian. This seems to be a very... What? That, that's free speech. Uh, if I want to burn a flag or step on a flag or shred a flag, it's an inanimate object. Will people stop acting like this flag is going to actually feel something? Okay, the concepts that define America, at least on paper, are much deeper than just a flag. Okay, I'm sorry. It's just fabric. Nothing more. But Donald Trump says there should be serious consequences to anybody that would disrespect an American flag. 
<laughs> this dude, this dude may be a problem. He may be a problem. Uh, Houston, we may have a problem. Pat writes, hang up in a nice way, Nathan. She must have been talking about John. Kiki writes, John, get off that cricket phone. John does need a better phone. I'm going to try to urge him to get a phone. Dante writes, John is a new black line. Just hang up on him. <laughs> Serenthia, that's funny. She writes, can we drain the phone swamp by hanging up on John? Damn, y'all tough. Y'all tough. You know, I, if you support me, I support you to the end. John supports me. But I will sharpen his flows. Uh, Pat Rice, I think I missed Black Lion, Kiki. Get your cousin a call. Good grief. <laughs> what else here? Uh, Darnell writes, good job challenging John. Yes, he must be challenged. That mentality must be challenged at all times. Angela writes, Gallenberg fires have dominated the news. We are all riled up about burning forests and chalets, but potential water pollution on the Indian reservation is minor. Thank you, Angela. Great, fl- great flow on that one. Damn good flow. James writes, it's getting so old. You keep bashing John about not voting when over 40% of Americans don't vote. So, well, then how's it old? Seems very relevant then. Very relevant, James. Good morning to you. Angela writes, I had someone on my friends book, Facebook friends list lamenting because their favorite restaurant was gone. Uh, Kiki writes, I just posted a photo and friends who like the Nathan Ivy show. Okay, let me go there right now then. I'm down. Uh, Angela writes, December 5th is the deadline. The Army Corps of Engineers have set to look for this weekend to be a nightmare one in North Dakota. Really? What the hell is going on? Uh, I'm going to friends who like the Nathan Ivy show right now. I'm on my way, friends. There we go. Damn, we got more members here. We got 200 members. Cool. It's a closed group. You want to be involved, send them a request. I don't run it. Oh, that's funny. Uh, as you write, you cannot put a crown on a clown and expect him to behave like a king. <laughs> you put a like on that one. Oh, boy. A keen morning workflow motivation. Peace to you, choppers. Flex. It's funny. Uh, Pat has actually posted a link in here. The Walter Scott shooting, how Michael Slager's trial has unfloated. I mean, you can clearly see Michael Slager with the weapon out and he's pointing it at Walter Scott's back. Clearly in this position, Walter Scott is not a threat. He is running away. He's over 17 feet away. It would be different if he was running at you. I would still say it doesn't necessarily mean you got to use lethal force, but the man is clearly running away from him. So this will be a real test of the American mentality, that particular jury's mentality, because I think the evidence is quite clear. Michael Slager murdered Walter Scott, it's no clear. Few things have ever been more clear in my head than that. Uh, KC writes, John equals the king of non-superlative flows, mediocre flows, LOL. Yeah, tough crowd. Tough on John. Rhonda writes, right, Angela. Everything is going. Uh, I talk to the people at my resort. Okay, I got some uh, personal business. That's cool. Uh, Fame of rights, exactly, Benta. I'm glad to see uh, the others see John and Black Lions calls like I do. This is not NPR. It's okay to challenge the host and demonstrate your true beliefs. It makes the show more interesting. Love Radio was boring. I agree with you. I got no problem with it at all. 
then call in, Fama. Let me hear from you then. Kiki writes, uh, James B, okay, but the other 40% aren't calling in. If they did, then they would get it too. Mm. Mm. Some challenge going on. Okay. What's up, Barbershop's Talk Podcast? Good morning. I'm a little bit late. Shannon writes, uh, I'm sick of people saying the media falsely portrayed Trump in the media. We have video and audio now. How can you falsify that? Because you spend too much time talking about his negatives and not his positives. And that's what the Republicans mean when they say bias. If they were singing Donald Trump's praises and lifting his goofy ideas up into the heavens, up into the clouds and the stars, it'd be all good. Be all good. Dare writes, has anyone seen the movie called War Dogs based on a true story? I watched it last night. I recommend it to y'all to watch it. It's about these two ordinary white fresh out of high school, so to speak, who got government contracts selling guns and other military gear between 2005 and 2007 with no previous business experience. Did y'all know to outfit one soldier costs over $17,000? The Iraq war was nothing but a money grab. It's a very interesting movie. I am aware of the movie you're talking about, but I have not seen it. I have not seen it. Serenthia writes, he is definitely Judas. <laughs> uh, damn serious, Nathan. These are my creed. Not sure what you mean by that. Uh, Akeem writes, Akeem is harmless. He is cool, though, Mr. Ivy. James writes, you're doing to Trump what the Republicans did to Obama, and he hasn't taken office yet. What do you mean, James? What do you mean? I, what am I doing? Exactly. Talking about the issues surrounding the Trump transition. I mean, that's that's regular. Uh, be more specific. Dibber writes, according to the news, Trump is coming to Cincinnati as a part of his victory tour. Unbelievable. The fallen angel is coming. Uh, Kiki writes, my last name is uh, my maiden name. I have it hyphenated on Facebook because some dudes go overboard trying to holler. OK. All right. All right. So that's basically her defense. Gregor writes, maybe she was business has businesses attached to that name. Okay, like I said, if it's a businesses attached to the name, then you know, other than the name being on the business, well, I understand. That. I mean, you do have to deal with some red tape there. I get it. I mean, that that would be a good excuse. She's got businesses in that name. She doesn't want to change it. It's gonna cost a lot of money, take a lot of time. I get it. So I can respect that. But if it's some from vanity reasons, like I just like the way my name look uh, or I was with him for 13 years. Ain't no other woman going to get his last name, something like that. Or he's famous. And I'm trying to hang on to his name because then I get some shine out of it. That all seems to be very shallow to me. Watch out for that one. Um, see, uh, Miss D writes, I think some women keep the name so that their names matches the children's last name. Uh, but you give that up when you get divorced. I mean, people want to have everything these days. If you want to keep the last name, then stay with the man. <laughs> okay. Marry him. You all have the same last names and then stay with him. But some things just got to be, they get the way they got to be. If you're married, you get divorced. You give up the last name. You don't get to keep some man's last name. And why would you want to keep a man's last name? And to Miss D's point, if it's all like, well, I want his names to match on the letterhead. Okay, great. That means go work it out with dad and then stay with that man and work it out. Don't just cop out on the relationship. 
Mr. Holly Rice, I think a lot of women keep the last name because of their kids have the last name too. Well, it don't go that way. You can't do that. You're messing up the rules. Okay, if you're going to keep a last, last name when you're married. If you decide you want to get divorced, that means you got to give the last name. So the kids got the name of the father. The father, of course, has his, his name and you got a different name. And that's the signal to this, the world and society that you are now divorced. That's the way it goes. Pat writes, okay, when I got married, my son's last name was Rogers. So I hyphenated my last name. When I got divorced, dropped my ex's name like a hot potato. That's the one with some sense right there. Rhonda writes, I wish he had a like button for comments in the chop shop because some of the things that the choppers be saying be on point. I agree. That would be good. Angela writes, the people who say we won are those with the us versus them type of mentality. I had had I have had coworkers who did that and it answers any questions I had about their character. Yeah. Tells you everything you need to know, at least on the political tip, uh, when somebody on a job has to reveal that I voted for Trump. <laughs> I mean, this means a lot to them for somebody to go on the job and say that that means that they've been harboring some animus to the people in that workspace. Watch yourself. That's, that's just my opinion. I mean, woman uh, yells, Trump, I want to play this for you. This is nuts. And and this woman just really starts berating this Chicago employee. If you're looking at the avatar for today's particular episode, it's actually her image. But I want you to hear this for yourself. And she she just starts raging. I fought it for Trump. She's walking through. You're going to hear her talking to different people. And it's like, lady, can you take it easy? Check this out. She's walking around putting the video camera in people's faces. Okay. I don't know what you think you're videoing, lady. I don't know what you think you're videoing. I was just discriminated against by two black women. Yes, I was. And you being a white woman, you literally thinking that that's okay. You standing there with your baby thinking that's okay. I don't know what you're what you're videoing. Your child is stealing. 
Which one? Oh, mm, yeah, I don't think you paid for that. I mean, she challenges this woman because she's white and didn't come to her defense. Ridiculous. And I can video you too, lady. Please and I can video do. you too. Please Why don't you go home to your husband who's cheating on you? Why don't you go home because you're... Here, I'll just videotape your file. Okay. You're a psycho. Like, you need help. Do you need me to call 911? And I'm just going to videotape you and your kid. Right. I'm, videotaping, I'm videotaping everybody. Because you voted for Trump. People are just I did vote for Trump. You. I did vote for Trump. Yes, I did. And Why does that matter? That, the Why last that person who got... Said out loud they voted for Trump got beat up. So what? You're all gonna beat me up? Too bad. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? No, you all have a problem with it. Nobody cares. You care. You. Why are you still here videotaping me? I care because you're mistreating me. Why are you still videotaping? I didn't mistreat anyone, and you heard none of our conversation, lady. I told you to walk ahead of me, and you did. And you're a liar. And you're a liar. Go home to your pathetic life. Go home. Go home to your husband. You're so mm. ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> oh, is that not possible? Can you not go home or what? What if? Is that not possible? <laughs> Can you not go home? No one said you're the, the fact that you're the fact. She is now arguing with people. I mean, she just went off. She claimed the two black ladies discriminated against her and they wouldn't give her service because she voted for Trump. She's like a nightmare customer. And so now she gets into all these different arguments and she's calling the police and she knows the chairman of the board and yada, yada, yada. And people care because she voted for Trump. Have you seen something like this? It is deep. It's deep, 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 deep. I'll post a link. You can check it out for yourself. Kelly writes, some women want to keep their ex-husband's name so your children in the rest of the world, schools, doctors, etc., identify with their family name belonging to the both to both the parents and the kids. That's my reason, anyhow. I'm too shy to call in at my husband's suggestion, but this entire Trump presidency is going to be a mess. Healthcare and all. Rich people will have good health care, different than having insurance, and the rest will struggle to pay for good health care. Right. She's right about that. Oh, deep, 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 deep. Gregor writes, he can only fly soul plane from here on out. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh, my God. Kellen writes, I'm pissed Delta even allowed dude to take that flight. He should have been off of the plane immediately, if not sooner. So I'm saying, this dude, had, had somebody jumped up and said, I support, I guess it's the difference is that you know, we're talking about Donald Trump as opposed to coming off as some people would perceive him as a terrorist. Like you say anything like Allah, anything like that. Don't you say Allah on the, on the plane. Don't you say Allah. If you're Muslim, you cannot mention Allah anywhere near the plane as you're walking in because somebody's going to mistake it for Allah Akbar or something like that. And now you got a problem on your hands. And you're right. They would never let a person they suspect is an international terrorist to even take a flight. But he's just a good old buddy. He's just a good old boy. Probably drank too much. You know, he's just a good old boy. He likes to speak his mind. Slugger writes, Delta should have removed him from that flight as well. Clearly, he was a threat to civilized people. Yeah, he should be banned from all of the, all of the planes. No service at all. Angela writes, I want to keep track of Donald Trumpeteers and can't wait to ask how much better their lives are. Yeah, me too. Me too. Kellen Wright, dude on Delta gets to take his flight with no problem. 
but young black male booted off plane and arrested for baggy pants. ABC News. Hashtag really? Angela writes, that lady was wilding out. Brian writes, she had a right to vote for Trump, but they shouldn't feel proud of it. Keep it on the low. Nothing to be gloating about, LOL. I mean, at this point, we don't know what's going to happen. We're just seeing a lot of bad signs. <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen in the ongoing saga of Donald Trump. We have no idea. But from what we're seeing so far, how could putting a lot of retread people back in places in government be a good thing? What happened to this magnificent, this talented tith that that Donald Trump was in tap with, right? He was in tune with. He knows who the right person for these various positions are. Where are they? I don't see them. I've seen, as someone said, it retreads. We did this before. Been here, done that. Industry insiders. Wall Street moguls. I mean, this idea that the only person who should be working with the government to figure out to make how to make the economy work for everybody are people that come from Wall Street is a damn lie. It's a lie. Straight up. But uh, what do you think? Also, did you lose respect for Mitt Romney? He went into Donald, Donald, to Trump Towers a man and came out like subhuman or some alien human hybrid. I'm not sure what they did to him, but it's not pretty. Uh, let me move on here. I want to make sure I bring this up. This is a local story. By local, I mean, you know, the Cincinnati area. And I'll post a link right now on my Facebook page. But $11,000 was seized at CVG, that's Cincinnati Airport, which is in northern Kentucky. And a young man lost $11,000 when deputized federal agents in a so-called civil seizure because his luggage smelled like marijuana took all of his money from him. Um, In June 2015, Charles Clark II sued with the assistance from the Institute of Justice, okay, which is a Washington-based legal advocacy agency to help him get his money back from a situation that happened back in February of 2014. So he's coming from the Cincinnati Northern Kentucky International Airport, CVG, right? And he's got this suitcase and it's full of $11,000. I'm not sure how much money that is, but I mean, you could put that into a bag. It wasn't taking up the whole suitcase, but he got, he got tagged because a ticket agent reported that his luggage smelled like pot. So black man, luggage smell like pot. You must be a pot dealer. And a drug dog indicated that marijuana was present near the cash. So who knows? Was he smoking? Did he break up the marijuana on some of the dollar bills or something? I mean, people do all kind of stuff. You got a bag of weed and a bag of money. People do all kind of stuff. I don't know. But the officers said they felt like it was enough to prove that he might have been a part of some criminal enterprise. And they took all of his money, $11,000. Now, as the story goes, that was money that he had saved up. And the reason why it was in cash, because he was headed back to Florida where he goes to school and he was going to pay his college tuition. And so this guy was arrested for resisting arrest. Those charges were later dropped. He was never charged with any drug crimes whatsoever. And they just took his money, literally. So imagine you show up with $11,000. It's taken from you by the police. You are arrested for some BS. 
You never charge for anything and you never hear anything about your money. He had to go to these folks again, uh, the Institute of Justice, again, based in Washington, just to get his cash back. And now he's won a settlement. He gets his money back plus a little bit more. And an investigation by the Inquirer found that local law enforcement agencies that are a part of CVG's DEA task force, they earned more than $7.5 million in seizure money in the last five years. Now think about this. Are these just legal shakedowns? These are legal shakedowns. So, you know, they see you coming through CVG. It's like, wait a minute. Mm-mm. To get that money, that drugs, who knows what happens to it? That is deep. Nationally, local police and federal agents have seized more than $4.1 billion since 2006 using federal civil forfeiture laws. $4.1 billion? Now, are these just random seizures? Is all this money going to the right place? $4.1 billion? How would you like to be the agency in charge of the agency that catalogs that money, that distributes that money, really, that seizes the money? Because if we get a duffel bag full of a money, nobody knows how much money's really in there. It could have been $200,000. And it's $30,000 when we turn it in. That's still a lot of money. We got $30,000 here. Meanwhile, everybody pockets a little bit of money. Man, somebody's getting rich. And it's not me. Somebody is getting wealthy. Can you say that? People calling me. Somebody's getting very wealthy. A 2015 Inquirer investigation found that 13 local law enforcement agencies are a part of CVG's DEA task force. And that they've earned $7.5 million by seizing money in that manner since well, in the last five years. That's deep. That's deep. But this brother uh, was able to now kind of piece things back together. Now, what happened to his college? I mean, if you were supposed to show up to pay tuition, did he have to take out a loan? Did he have to drop out of school? I mean, what's the backstory with Charles Clark II? Because in my opinion, if he lost whatever he lost, his loan, if he had to take out a loan for $11,000, then the government should have to pay that interest and everything out. That should be different from his settlement, in my opinion. But this is the these are the kind of things that are happening, happening to every ordinary average people every single day. Every single day. Um, so now the big question here locally also now are these juror questionnaires they were released Tuesday from the Ray Tensing murder trial and it's got a lot of people questioning the entire process I must hit hit this before we leave today the Bishop Bobby Hilton who I just spoke with within the last few weeks he says that basically it's a case, uh, he says, quote, it's supposed to be random blind selection. But how can you have a random blind selection when you've got a questionnaire you got to fill out? And who wrote the questionnaire? And listen, here's what I'm here to tell you. The way you write, you can have a sentence that essentially means the same thing. But if you write it in a certain way, you can damn near push people to give you a desired response. This is deep. 
This is deep. This is very, very deep. And apparently these questionnaires have now being analyzed by everybody. So we got to talk about it as well. Among the findings, it was apparent that more jurors favored the defense. Answers of at least seven questions suggested that they lean towards siding with the defense. Only three lean toward the prosecution. And someone writes, perhaps the writing was on the wall after jury selection. Now, I got to be honest with you. Black folks in this city, as soon as we saw the jury makeup, we already knew. Why does it take some haunty-torty jury analysis of the questionnaire for other people to get on board with this? You can see the game from the racial makeup. You got a black man who was killed, a black man. And you don't have one black man on the jury? then it's not a real jury of his peers, period. It cannot be. Cannot be. It is impossible. It is impossible. I don't care what anybody says. Here's more findings. I'm reading from Cincinnati.com. One of the two black jurors shared sentiments potentially favoring the defense, writing, drug dealers need to think about their effect on society and drugs are part of the root of crime. She also spoke highly of police officers, seeing them as positive mentors to children. DuBose had more than a half a pound of marijuana and about $2,600 in the car. It's deep. This is one of the black jurors. It's deep. Let that sink in. You only had two blacks on the jury as I understand it, and one of them, this is their mentality. So clearly the questionnaires that were giving to the jury members and potential jurors were written in a fashion so that whoever wrote it can look at the answers and get somewhat of a feeling about how they feel about police and how they feel about black men that sell them marijuana. That's clear. Why else would you give somebody a questionnaire? Why why else would you give somebody a questionnaire? That is amazing to me. One of the male jurors has an uncle who was a Cincinnati police officer. The man also is friends with a police officer. Quote, they are the good guys and should be given the benefit of the doubt he wrote about police. Now, how in the hell Could Joe Dieters allow that man to be on the on the on the jury? How? How how is this not a blunder? There were no black males, so we're talking about a white male. So one of the white males has an uncle who was a Cincinnati police officer. That should disqualify you straight their way. And I'll tell you why. Because if somebody answered that they had a family member who was a part of Black Lives Matter, you could you better believe that the defense and many people in this world out here in the city of Cincinnati would have thought that that was somebody who's biased. Why would it be any different when you're talking about someone who has a relative who was an officer and your best friend, one of your friends is a police officer? You know? Like I said, there are people out there who are willing to and ready to forgive police for whatever they do. Doesn't matter what it is, they're ready to forgive them because of their personal relationships with them. And you better believe there were some questions asked about Black Lives Matter 
in that in that um in that survey in the questionnaire more than 200 potential jurors were summoned to service and asked to fill out a 25 page questionnaire 45 were subsequently questioned by attorneys before the jury was chosen Six questions for prospective jurors centered on what they thought about the group Black Lives Matter. Now, let me ask you a question. What difference does what I feel about Black Lives Matter have to do with the Ray Tensing trial whatsoever? What? And the reason I'm asking you this is if it's okay for one of the Ray Tensing trial jurors to have had a family member who's a Cincinnati police officer. And it's okay for a man who has a friend who is a Cincinnati police officer for a man who wrote as a a response in the questionnaire. They're the good guys. If it's okay for that person to be on a jury, then damn it, it should be okay for a black man that openly supports Black Lives Matter and or has been critical of police actions in the past to be on the jury as well. How did this happen? How did this happen? Question number 84 asks directly for prospective jurors opinion of Black Lives Matter. A white woman wrote, if victims were weren't wrong to begin with, there wouldn't be so many shootings. (laughs) A white male juror wrote that groups like Black Lives Matter are important because they raise awareness about an issue previously not widely known. Did that person make the jury? Another question asks if prospective jurors had ever had a frightening experience with a person of another race, and if so, to explain. A frightening experience? So basically, are you afraid of black folks? Have black folks ever threatened you? Okay. A white male juror wrote, I was mugged by a group of African Americans when I was a high school senior and punched in the mouth. That person should never be on a jury. This is deep. This is deep. Very deep. Said he was mugged by a group of African-Americans when I was a high school senior and got punched in the mouth. They break any teeth. If not, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. So this is uh, this is a bombshell. Uh, How do you feel about these questionnaires? And these questions that are so obviously being used to determine who you want on the jury based upon the way they view race. That's what it comes down to. Based upon why would you ask someone that? Have you ever? What difference does that make? Let's say like, for instance, with this guy, just because he got beat up by these African-Americans. Does it necessarily mean he's harboring some ill will toward African-Americans? It doesn't necessarily mean that. It does not necessarily mean that. Could mean that. Curtis writes, the biggest misconception is that affirmative action has benefited black people the most when the reality is the most affected is white women. James writes, so when a person don't share your viewpoint, you call them out their name, weak. Okay, I've been guilty of that, and I'm, I'm gonna do it again, James. It's a nature of talk radio. Mm, I like it. I'm not sure if you're talking to me though. Uh, Kiki Rice, I just sent you a video, Mister Ivy. Check it out. Yes, I will. Brian Rice, it's the reverse of the O.J. Simpson verdict. White folks were speechless. Their faces were priceless. 
I could care less about OJ, but that ish was funny. Angela writes, we are witnessing politicians get bought and sold by Trump. Angela, thank you. That's what we're witnessing. Like we are seeing it in real time. We're seeing these politicians, these longtime lawmakers going to Trump Tower, ingesting his parasitic mind controlling worms and walking out his Trump little zombies. Trump is a pimp, man. Pimp, pimp, hooray. But do you really want to get pimped, though? That's the question. Gregor writes, uh, Newt Gingrich has a problem with Trump tweeting. He's got a problem with Trump because Newt Gingrich is not going to get a spot in the Trump administration. So now he's going to play his other hand. He'll be the anti-Trump. Gregor writes, "Um, I got a problem with Trump tweeting. I don't want to be to hear or read that ish. I'm with you. Angela writes, will you broadcast from the Trump visit? Um, broadcast I wasn't planning on broadcasting but we'll see I mean that is possible we shall see Kiki writes a James B was that in response okay I'll let y'all have your conversation there uh people are going to Benta Benta's always welcome man he's just shame he's finding his way inside a chop shop Angela writes divesting is a huge and powerful tactic we should be using more but we've gotten complacent and comfortable that is very true but it's something really, but that complacency is something that's very normal for the human experience. The, the older I understand, the older I get. And it's just sort of a natural thing for some people to find a tool in themselves in a good little groove and stay there as long as it doesn't get too hot for you. Okay. Uh, me, I want to push the boundaries. Uh, me, I want, I want, I want to create some creative spaces and to do that. I'm with you with the divesting, Angela. But what I'm saying is, how do we get more people on board? Like, for instance, we've created an ecosystem here to some degree using the Internet. And we grow every single day. I see different faces on a weekly basis. And that's great. So how do we expand upon this so that it encompasses our friends and neighbors in terms of something that's going to be socially conscious and politically relevant? I'm down with it. Rico writes late, but down and hit that like button. Check the show later. Peace, choppers. Thank you, Rico. Uh, Wanda writes, morning. My work hours change, but I always listen later. Thank you, Wanda. Have a great morning. Uh, Fame up writes, another pet peeve of mine. LOL. Hell yeah, I'm petty, but love it, though. Hey, be you, man. Be you. Uh, Miss D writes, kudos to that young man for standing up for a man who couldn't, who he didn't even know. Hashtag courage. Absolutely. Uh, Greg writes, uh, Trump will put all presidents to shame. It's going to be different. <laughs> it's going to be different. Greg writes, uh, Trump will make it illegal for us to breathe. I hope not. Maddie writes, Time Magazine posted an article on the decline of white births in 17 states. That's why we're seeing a white lash. Well, I mean, that's on white folks. Got there and have some babies. It's on you. Angela writes, the funny thing about all the people talking about reverse racism or reverse discrimination, they politely ignore and stay silent on instances of racism and discrimination. They make it abundantly clear that they have a lack of understanding. They do. You show me a white person running around saying, I've been discriminated against nine times out of 10. They don't believe that black people are discriminated against anymore. They don't believe it even exists anymore. But uh, let me take a quick break here. Quick pause. I don't want to leave you. I want to stay with you. Okay? Uh, let's get into it. 
Just a quick pause. I'll be right back. This is the Nathan Ivy Show. Currently 9.30 a.m. in the Queen City. And we'll be back with more. and you thought about what you wanted to be, teaching was at the top of your list. But things changed. And as you got older, teaching didn't seem like the best option anymore. So you're thinking you'll be something else. But what would your 12-year-old self say? Now you want to be a doctor. You don't think teachers save lives? 25 at a time. An actress? Try playing a different role every time the bell rings. How about a scientist? Ever heard of physics? Chemistry? Who do you think teaches that? Teachers today are breaking down obstacles, finding innovative ways to instill old lessons, and taking learning far beyond the four walls of the classroom. It's time to recognize that great things are happening in teaching and put it back on your list. Don't try to convince yourself otherwise. You had it right the first time. Find out how you can make more at teach.org. Make more. Teach. Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. I opened a 401k. So you're giving up. Just like that. Giving up on what? I'm getting an inheritance from a distant relative. Don't you think if there were a billionaire in the family, we'd know about it by now? Listen to me. We are one phone call away from riding horses on our own private polo grounds. One call from christening yachts, having a butler, using summer as a verb. How do you figure? Look, everyone's got a rich uncle somewhere. It's statistics. So the best thing you can do is just prepare for the inevitable. Right. Which is why I thought maybe it would be smart to take control of my finances. You know, start using a budget, get out of debt, set some retirement goals. Budgets? Debt? You watch your mouth. Retirement shouldn't be a goal for us. It should be a way of life. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Now back to the show. Good morning. Welcome back. The Nathan Ivey Show is sponsored by UC Health. UC Health, Cincinnati's only academic health system. Good morning to you. Currently 9.33 a.m. in the Queen City. And I just got a call. My daughter forgot her lunch. And she's 11 now. I guess she's at that age where she can't remember. Well, she remembers a lot, but these little details. Last week, she lost her flu or left her flu, which she needed for band. This week, she loses her leaves her lunch at home. And she's leaving, I believe, right now for the symphony. And uh, I don't know. I just brought up a little different. You know, I, got, I sympathize for her. But she might not have a lunch today. And we'll see if we can get that to her. I will try at all costs because you get your lunch together. I don't know. I used to like to take my lunch, get your goodies together. You can't wait to eat your goodies. And then you leave it at home. It's so anticlimactic. I know she was like, my lunch. But uh, they won't let her starve. And maybe this will teach her a lesson moving forward. I don't know. 
You got to remember these things, baby girl. But good morning to you. That's a little bit of my life. Good morning to you again. Uh, 9.34 a.m. in the Queen City. Where were we? Oh, yeah, we were talking about the jury questionnaires and the rain testing trial. Is this normal? Any lawyers in the house? I got to reach out to some cats that know. Uh, to me, and I do remember a conversation in which I was talking with Clyde Bennett, and I did disagree with him because we were talking about this questionnaire. It just seemed as if this was... Uh, a little bit out of the norm. And I think his response to me is that the case was out of the norm. And in a sense, he's right in the sense that it's not normal for officers who kill unarmed black people to ever be brought to trial uh, in that sense. But I mean, they have murder trials all the time and a questionnaire and they're asking about black lives matter. Clearly this is being used to exclude people. Okay. Uh, to not make any assumptions about race or class or whatever they may think that they see when they're viewing someone. But when you get a chance to get people's opinion, if somebody says, oh, Black Lives Matter seems like a terrorist group to me and you are a member of the defense, that might be somebody that you want to have on the jury. If if a juror says, yeah, you know, I have my uncle was a was a, a police officer and my best friends are since I ain't police officer. That might be something that if you are working for the defense of Ray Tensing, that is valuable information. These are people that might be friendly to your cause. These are people that understand you. These are people you want to be on a jury. So it's um, it's quite interesting. I mean, I don't know where Joe Dieters blew it. OK, because, again, he blundered the Ray Tensing trial. Local media is afraid to put it that way, but I didn't start just to be afraid. And with your support, I can keep it that way. Keep it independent and say exactly what needs to be said. Joe Dieters blew. He completely blundered the Ray Tensing trial. He's admitted as much. And when you look at the composition of the jury, people say, well, you know, it's random. Yeah. Mm, I don't know how random is it when you're using a, a, a questionnaire to reduce the jury pool? I mean, how random is that really? I don't know. And you have no black man, only two black people on a jury, okay, in a case as racially charged as this is. And we understand there's two Cincinnati's. I mean, they, they, they pull people from Hamilton County, but we understand in the Cincinnati there's two Cincinnati's. There is. There's a black Cincinnati and there's a white Cincinnati. And white Cincinnati is thriving and black Cincinnati is hanging on by a thread in many cases. These are facts. Uh, these are facts. It's very interesting. Trying to read too much into it because at this point we know we know, but that is deep. Man, what is your take? What is your take? Good morning to you, Tracy. Writes who carries eleven thousand dollars in cash anyway? Big dummy. See Tracy, I gotta disagree with you on that. Way. There's nothing wrong if that's your cash and you want to carry eleven thousand dollars. It may not seem convenient to us, but if that's how he has it, and you know if that's just how he got his money, you know maybe he doesn't have a bank account. You know, and if you have a debit card, I mean, can you charge $11,000 worth of tuition? I mean, maybe he wanted to break it up. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Sorrenthia writes, I don't remember the number. Well, my number, my number is 513-873-7134. That is my number. Uh, what's up, Big L? What's up, everyone? Good morning to you. This is the Nathan Ivey Show. Dale writes, I didn't bring that up some weeks ago. Uh, the reason why I wouldn't qualify to be on that jury because my brother was murdered by CPD. But I bet someone on that jury has a family member or friends that are police officers. Right. 
So Daryl basically was disqualified because he had a family member killed by CPD. And they're like, well, if you had a family member killed by CPD, you definitely can't be unbiased. You can't really get, you can't partially be un- impartial. But if you got a friend who's a police officer and you got family members of police officers, can you be unbiased if a police officer is on trial? I, I, I would say no. <laughs> I would say absolutely not. Pork Chop and Applesauce Show writes, more black people need and have to go to jury duty. But I'm not going to front. I dodged them all through my 20s. They hit me this year with a $1,500. And I said, hold up, player. I'll be there. And I actually helped a guy win a case against the police. Okay. Gwenda writes, 50% of the white race is dying off. Men and women of the white race will have to mingle with other races. Oh, okay. Like the Kardashians? Something like that. Tracy writes, my 12-year-old does it all the time. They're this at that. I, I remember, again, I have a very good memory. I can remember being in the crib when I was a baby. I can remember what that felt like, the sounds, the images. I can remember being 11 and 12 and just, you know, my daughter's like that. She's always humming. She's got a dance routine in her head. She's got a new song in her head. She, she's like her dad, her dad in a sense that if, if a melody catches her ear, it'll stick with her for a week. She'll be humming the same song. That's just how she is. So that's what she's thinking about. I get it. Ms. D writes, you better take that baby her lunch. Charge her a parent delivery fee with extra hires or something. Hashtag team little Buddha. I'm with you. We'll see. Carolyn writes, Nate, take Buddha her lunch. I'll get her her lunch. Kelly writes, Nate, take that baby her lunch. Damn it, but can I do me? I got this. Angela writes, I wonder if the black juror on the tensing trial was using hashtag mind games to answer the jury questionnaire. Oh, to make it seem like they were pro cop just to get on the jury? Could be. <laughs> Ms. D writes, I miss extra chores, not hires. Damn you, auto spell. Auto spell gets me too. I found something new though, Ms. D. If you're interested, send me a link and I'll send you a link to this new uh, app I, I found. Haven't started using it yet, but it looks good. James writes, what the F? Getting out of pocket won't be tolerated, really. What are you going to do? You don't have enough people that can scare me. Bring it on, Mitches. Uh-oh, James is about James now. It's all about James. James finally got what he wanted. He's been trying to get into somebody's skin since he got in here, and he finds like he got him one. Uh, there's my time. Yes, I do have to see what's up with little Buddha. It's my baby girl. I got to look after her. But I had to get that flow out about the jury questionnaire. That is huge. I'll keep my eye on this. We need to follow this story to its logical conclusion because of the consequences for future trials. That is deep. Is Joe Deers going to do a better job if he's not in Hamilton County? Is Joe Deers going to continue with the lead position in the, the prosecution? of Ray Tensing or is he going to sit his ass down now and get some of these young whippersnappers that want a chance at the top spot we'll find out we'll find out thank you for listening I really appreciate you I've got numerous things to do the first thing is making sure that little Buddha gets her lunch if possible if not it'll be lesson learned lesson learned listen I went through it mom just couldn't get there a few, few times when I left my lunches Never tell you the story about the program my mother put me in. And they had everybody bring their own lunches and she stopped and bring me Skyline. Oh man, I couldn't wait. It was a uh, 
It was a program where if the children were chosen, then you would actually go and live with a, a family in Europe. It was an exchange program. And they were looking for bright and intelligent and gifted children, right? Kids that can think outside the box. And then they had us switch up our lunches. So some kid was eating my Gold Star, I think it was, or Skyline. And I got like some homemade soup or some other ish I didn't want. Needless to say, that little uh, Nate Ivy, little Nate, yeah, I went there. I went there. I want my Skyline. Little did I know that they switched up the lunches just to see which kids could think outside the box. So they want my chances. Thank you very much for listening. I thought I'd share. I'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Until then, enjoy yourself, and I'm out.